and he helped uh, he helped write the third law, which is make more mutants because he's a horny devil that wants to get down. Damn. <laughs> Does he have like a lipstick penis or what? We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Shows that suck and shows that blow. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe, secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBT, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four or just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kind of busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to a download. A rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would I show. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told. Grab yourself a drink and let's unload. In a very special episode. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode podcast where we review the past year and make major announcements. <laughs> I'm David Bitsenoffer, and with me is the person who is still hung over from the new year. Austin Gordon. Mm-hmm. And the person who's ball dropped this year? Carolyn Maine. <laughs> and the person who wore a diaper on New Year's Eve, despite not being anywhere near Times Square. Ryan Alexander Tanner. Yeah, that all worked you out never nicely. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I like to be prepared. <laughs> yeah, you know, you never know. It's just... Sometimes I don't want to get up. <laughs> it's just easier that way. Times Square is also my favorite place to have diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we are reviewing 2019, uh, pop culture-wise, anyways. Uh, we're just going to chat about stuff we want to talk about, which I guess isn't much different than any other podcast we do. Uh, but, but less focused than usual. <laughs> I'm, I'm not positive about that, but we're, right. we're, we're at least abandoning the pretense of focus for this episode. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's also harder to, cause you can be like, oh, I don't care about facts of life and skip one. And this one is, uh, is harder to know if you don't want to listen to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you, you probably gotta, don't. You have to or, be pot committed. And then at the end, you'll yeah. be like, I didn't like any of that nonsense. <laughs> or or it might be easier to know you don't want to listen to it, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't help him out, Ryan. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Austin? Yo. What's your relationship with 2019? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a year I lived in. It felt like it lasted several years. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> And Ryan, your relationship with 2019? Well, it's over, so I would call it the past. Yeah. Um, I would say as I get older, time feels a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's a lot harder to remember when things happened. Yeah. Yeah. I would say politically, we hit a low. (laughs) And probably not coincidentally, entertainment-wise... We were bombarded with major distractions because <laughs> there were events in media on a scale and frequency that I think we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about what's going on around you. It's true. I believe Disney made more money this year than every other year combined. 
<laughs> is that really true? No, but okay. but you believe, the... but it could have been true. You <laughs> didn't immediately dismiss it as being untrue, which says something. Yeah, I guess it's depending on what caveats are there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I no, 2019 we... was a dumpster fire of a year, but I feel like I said that about 2018 too, so well, hopefully 2020 by the end you'll feel different, we're but just, probably We're just slouching not. towards Bethlehem, I feel like. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. Uh, it's, it's a, a poem. It's a reference to the WB Yeats uh, second coming poem about the end of the world. Okay. The widening gyre slouching towards Bethlehem. I don't know. Read a book right. sometime, I, David. I really should read a book sometime. <laughs> it might help me in a lot of endeavors I have. Maybe this year. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is the year. <laughs> 2020, the year David reads a book. Carolyn? <laughs> what's your relationship with 2019? Oh, fuck. Complicated. <laughs> this year was the best of years. It was the worst of years. I had some big personal things happen, like getting married, and like a death in the family, or a few of those. So, kind of fucking sucks. And I don't even want to talk about, like, geopolitically the world. Oh my god, does it suck? I'm just, I'm really gonna miss you guys when we all die in, like, three years or whatever as well. But, I mean, as far as the year itself, besides that, pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a lot of good television. Despite, <laughs> despite our firm belief in our imminent demise, it was yeah. a pretty solid year. Great year for TV. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, see, my problem with 2000... Well, I have a lot of problems with 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I realized I just didn't watch a lot of like new like TV shows or oh. anything. And I'm feeling out of the loop. Maybe I'm just getting old. That's the biggest problem with New Year's is it means you're getting older, right? I have yeah. a few suggestions for you. Maybe we'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm no, not uh, as cool as I was. Though I feel like I need to uh, uh, save your bacon, David, and and you could edit this out if you want. But 2019 mm. was also a great year for you because you got married, too. Yay! <laughs> Did that happen? Well, that one thing I was going to say. <laughs> Did that happen? <laughs> Twice. Twice. No. Three times. He got married three times. Holy shit. I was going to go into like, when we did, like, some quicker stuff at the end, I was going to say one thing about 2019 I hated is memory, because I can't uh, really remember anything that happened, like, three months, uh, p- like, past anything, like, in October. It just doesn't right. even feel like it <laughs> yeah. happened in 2019. Well, you're married, David, to a woman named Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> She's really nice. She's really nice. You did really no, good, I actually. I was married. No, thank you. <laughs> the, I would say the highlight of 2019... <laughs> Was when Lauren fell while we were walking across the street before Carol's wedding. And she was like, there was a hole. (laughs) There wasn't a hole. (laughs) I didn't see a hole. (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't know that. I'm glad she made it. You didn't just put her down. No. No. She had a bad, bad ankle. Oh, no. Yeah, no, that's just something, like, obviously I know I got married, but then I was like, oh, yeah, that was just last year. Like, everything just, like, time just stops losing meaning, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that way. Wow. Apparently when you have a kid, it doesn't feel like that anymore. Is that true? Yeah. yeah no, it that? totally, it feels that way even more so. Oh, no. Oh. Like, but I've heard, like, I don't know how fucking boring this is, but because <laughs> when you're in school, you can be like, oh, right, I was in ninth grade when that happened, or, like, yeah. if you move a lot, and then you get older, and there's no marker of time, and then when you have a kid, you're like, oh, when they were three was when blah, 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 like, 
Yeah. There's like a, a living being that's a marker of time. Yeah, but you yeah. still have to remember when certain things happened. Like, we were looking at some old pictures for some reason, and we're like, how old was Liam when we moved into this house? And then we kind of had to, like, do the math from a couple of different angles and be like, oh, yeah, he was two, and then he turned three in this house. <laughs> like, it was, we could do it, but it wasn't like it was all immediately there. Like, oh, yeah, we moved into this house when he was two. Mm-hmm. Just ask Liam how old he was. Yeah, just ask him. Yeah, he probably would know better than we would, frankly. Well, that's <laughs> smart. That's why I, I don't know who David may have even been the one that pointed this out to me. For all I can remember, that like mm. when you're ten, a year is one tenth of your existence, right. and so it feels I always like think it about that lasts mm-hmm. forever. And you know, when you're forty, a year is one fortieth of your existence. Yeah. So it's a much smaller fraction, and it feels like it goes a lot faster. Totally. I think that's really true. Which which is all just my wet long-winded way of saying that it's only going to get worse from here. Yay. Yeah. We're getting really close to death. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Cannot well, it's wait. been fun, guys. Happy 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who wants to start first? Well, do you want to explain like what we're doing? <laughs> no. Okay, no, we're talking about whatever we want to talk about. I think that was... Uh, well, okay, so ba- for anyone <laughs> who didn't listen. listen to our 2018 year in review... Cowards. Um, a year ago, roughly this time, we we each pick three things from pop culture... That, oh, okay. ...that we... Ryan didn't know. I, well, I was about to say, if we can talk about whatever, I'm like, oh, my topic is David's sexual history. <laughs> I would like to amend our criteria to whatever Ryan would like to talk about. Um, Let's just spend the whole episode talking in great detail about David's sexual <laughs> oh history. God. Didn't you have like a bowling game where if you won bowling, a woman wouldn't break up with you or something? That was, I remember that. No, no. Breaking up was always on the table, just whether okay. she'd do me one last time. Oh, oh, which seemed like the greatest of deals, so I he bowled your heart out strike <laughs> so yeah uh, three things that we encountered this year whether it was newly created in 2019 or not that we have things to say about either good or bad gutter ball that's more like a gutter ball David and then you know some quick you know what the weirdest thing about that uh, I don't know there's a lot of weird things about it but one of the things that just makes it just one notch higher is that when she proposed this bet to me, yes. like she had her girlfriend with her at the time, like of not like, like just a friend with her, just like yeah. with her as she's saying this. I'm like, this is weird on all sorts of levels. Somebody had to be there to think it was funny, or else it yeah, wouldn't be worth yeah, doing. Or, uh, <laughs> or was she there just to make sure like the pact was complete? As like she was going to watch article. the whole thing. Yeah, she was keeping <laughs> score. She was there to make sure you either did or didn't have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, would you have to like confirm like, yeah. <laughs> the consummation of the Batman? Sorry, so, all right. Uh, so yeah, we're picking three things we want to talk about. Is basically how it okay. goes, and theoretically, it has to do with 2019. Although I think already, I think it's, it's more supposed to. That's like the one requirement. <laughs> I thought it was just stuff we were exposed to in 2009. I don't. Yeah, whatever. yeah, it is that happens. one because that's my parameters. I already wrote down. <laughs> I think it's that one because last year Carol just like picked an old show. I'll do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's just, well, I'm, I'm technically picking a, something. It uh, doesn't matter. Let's go on. Uh, who wants to go first is still the question. Or do I have to pick somebody? I think yeah, you have do to you pick. pick someone. Quit sloughing off your hosting duties. 
know. I just feel like I always pick, and then I then it's art. Then you guys like evaluated on and like who I like the best. Then and then <laughs> David, a lot of pressure take on a stand. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ryan, what do you Oh, uh, he likes Ryan best. I know. Uh, it's all me. Okay. I got I'll pick an easy one that's appropriate for our show and everything. Um, I watched a show this year that I thought was extremely underrated, and I recommended it to a lot of people. So I'm going to recommend it here to all our listeners. And it is called Tuca and Bertie. Oh, yeah. I remember you recommending that to me. And you didn't watch it, did you? No. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for setting up this show. <laughs> um, so Lisa Hannawalt is a comics artist that I really love, who I think is a genius. And she did all the character designs for BoJack Horseman, mm-hmm. which I still haven't seen, even though it was one of David's picks last oh, year. Oh, you haven't um, seen that? Okay. No, I still haven't seen it. Um, and then she got her own show, and it's Tuca and Birdie, and it's like two women in their early 30s, and it's Tiffany Haddish and Ali Wong are the voices, and they're birds. And uh, it's just about like friendship in your early 30s and how your relationships change as your life's kind of change. And I just thought it was really well done. It's really bizarre, and it's one of those shows where the style of animation like some things are really funny just by the way they look or you know there's a lot of like subtle kind of movements and things and then there was some really good character building too i'm assuming no one else watched it (laughs) i I did not not, know all right well great discussion guys Um, (laughs) anyway it got it didn't get renewed it got canceled after one season which is both a bummer but i also feel like there can be these shows that get canceled after one season that are sort of yeah. put on a pedestal because they're really good and then they don't have a chance to become less good or although it seemed to me like it would have gotten better and better over yeah. time did it have yeah. a satisfying ending no it was just <laughs> like a one one season of it it didn't have like you know, like a, it had a storyline. It had continuity and stuff, yeah. but it was more of a thematic. More, you know. Yeah. But anyway, I just really recommend it. I thought it was really good. I feel like it got a little bit screwed over by that it looked like BoJack Horseman, but it was completely unrelated. I feel like oh yeah, that was hard to market. Maybe also Netflix marketing strategy is very odd because stuff just comes out, and I don't know how they right. promote things. And I think it might have had a little bit of Me Too backlash in that they, like, didn't they do an episode kind of about, like, I don't know, feminism or don't rape people. And then that might have been one of the death tolls for them, why they didn't get renewed. I don't know. It had definitely had an episode about workplace harassment, but it seemed very timely. It seemed like it was. Right. And it was written, like, by, it's, like, by, foreign about women. So it was very much, like, oh. A, a woman's perspective of you know what it's like to have a shithead male coworker and stuff. It and looks so good. It kind of looks like a BoJack slash Broad City, which I really should get to. I should have done it before this show. I still will. It looks very fun. Yeah, I recommend it. I thought it was very good. So you can't um, compare it to BoJack, Ryan, because you haven't watched BoJack and none of us. Have I haven't. Yeah. But I've read it. a lot of Lisa Hannawalt comics, oh, yeah. and I would say that it's a pretty good um, bringing to life of her stuff and uh anyway i just recommend it and it's one season it's like you know 12 30 minute episodes it's really easy to get through so if you're looking for something to just kind of blast through that's fun and engaging i would recommend it good for her 
Very nice. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I've heard of that from something else, or if I just remember you talking about it because it sounds familiar, but I don't know where I would have Ryan, seen it. Ryan did talk to. I, I don't know if you were there, or if he just talked to me about it when we were when I was in Portland while yeah. we were both there. Okay, yeah, because we were watching it, and I got real jazzed on it for a minute. Mm. Like it felt to me like there's a lot of kinds of shows right now, and it felt kind of it stood out to me. That's hard yeah. to do these days, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, you want me to go with one, David? Yeah, yeah. What do you got? Um, okay, so I'll start with a TV show, uh, the Watchmen TV show oh. that was on HBO. Uh, it was really fucking good. I When it first started, I was like, is this good? Well, I should back up. I have a complicated. I don't even have a complicated. I have a relationship with Damon Lindelof, who is the guy that was one of the two main creative voices on Lost, and uh, also Are you guys the leftovers. Uh, no, he has no idea we have this complicated relationship. Oh, that kind <laughs> um, of relationship. Well, it's. I guess it's a little complicated now. So he was one of the guys on Lost. <laughs> And then he did The Leftovers, and I didn't watch The Leftovers because I fucking hated how he ended Lost. And I was like, I don't need any more of this Damon Lindelof. Stories yeah. don't need conclusions bullshit. He, he also did was involved in Prometheus, the movie. Yes. Well. Oh, which, that was a real Which was similarly, stories yeah. don't need conclusions. Yeah, we don't need Well, that, that was more like, stories need a bunch of prequel information that takes away from them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then it's not even, like, complete information. Yeah, Stories need unnecessary backstories that (laughs) make them shittier. Uh, So, yeah, so I was... So there's that. So I I don't generally like Damon Lindelof's approach to storytelling. And um, Watchmen is one of those stories that's kind of been done to death. Uh, I didn't read any of the DC Comics attempts to do prequels and stuff. Um, just because, like, Watchmen itself is great, and it's self-contained, yeah. and that's all we really need of it. And it also yeah. gets hideously misunderstood by the wrong types of people. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, who who make heroes out of characters that aren't supposed to be heroic. And so I'm like, do I really want to fucking watch a TV show that's a sequel to a story that I don't think needs a sequel created by a guy <laughs> whose storytelling I can't stand? Uh, but it got really good buzz going into it, and a few mm-hmm. critics that I trust mm-hmm. liked it, and so I'm like, well, what and the hell? Had, well, I was just going to say, and I haven't watched it yet anyways, yeah. but like the previews for it was really weird, where like I remember the first time I saw a preview for it, it was like at, during Game of Thrones or whatever, and then I was like, when, leading up to it, I'm like, is this... Is this Watchmen? Like this doesn't yeah, seem they like were, anything like what they were like stupidly cagey about mm-hmm. like you'd be like, is it a sequel or not? And they'd be like, mm-hmm. it's a continuation, but not a sequel, or <laughs> it's in that world. It's a fucking sequel. It takes place like 20 years after the story, and most uh. of the main characters from the story show up in it. I have no idea why they were so fucking cagey about whether or not it was a sequel. Because <laughs> well, it's a weird property, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Now that it's a property, which it's yeah. not supposed to be. Right. So... So I enough critics that I trusted had sa- said that it was really good. And so I checked it out. And the first episode was pretty decent. And the next episode was really good, too. And I couldn't I couldn't quite decide, like, 
should I like this? Like, it's very well made, but I'm like, thematically, should I like this? Is this leaning too much into the the people that are making heroes out of characters that aren't heroic kind of tropes? Right. But, but as the show goes along, it makes it very clear that it is not doing that and that it is very much in keeping with it's not saying the same thing as the as the original story, but it's definitely taking the original story's approach and applying that lens to a very 2019 problem, which mm-hmm. is race relations in 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 America and right. and the the sort of power dynamic, the the ever so subtle power dynamic that has shifted and caused a huge overreaction from the white side of the power dynamic. Uh, and then, yeah, it had its its second to the last episode was just a a phenomenal hour of TV, and it wrapped itself up really well. Uh, it's probably the best ending a Damon Lindelof story has ever had in that it actually concluded. They asked questions at the beginning and answered them at the end. And, <laughs> and yeah, it had some stuff that it left ambiguous, but it left things ambiguous in the way that like a good story is meant to be ambiguous at the end and not in a, like we introduced this plot point. Didn't we answer it? Ah, who cares? Kind of way. Mm-hmm. So it was great. My only comment was I, I told David, I wanted him, I need him to watch it so he can tell me if there's any major plot holes <laughs> that I'm missing because David's, David's really good at that stuff. He's the king of that. Like I, I got swept up in the narrative about halfway along yeah. and was just like, I'm along for the ride at this point. But David's really good about being like, wait, what about, why didn't they just do this? If that's true, then why not this? I didn't know that about David. Really? <laughs> that's a plot hole. <laughs> How many podcasts have we done on looking at these? <laughs> yeah. Just a few, just a few. So, so yeah, Watchmen, big recommend for me. Okay. So none of us watched it. Just uh, uh, who watches the Watchmen? Austin watches yeah. the Watchmen, and that's yes. it. Not so, yet, yeah. I made a choice not to watch mm. it. I'm gonna be that guy. Okay. Um, well, I feel like, well, I feel like in general, there's just too much shit on TV, and the amount of stuff that people are like, you have to watch this. Yeah, True. it's almost like, a form oh, of yeah, violence. Who has time to watch all this shit? It's really right. almost. It's a. It's a. Cause of stress. Yeah. Um, but my thing with Watchmen is I really like the, I love the comic book. It was like formative for me. It's meant to be a comic book. It's self-contained. And if I don't even object to what they, this seems pretty interesting, like a TV series. It, it's a sequel to the comic. It takes place way later. Um, so you can kind of dismiss it or not. But the fact that the guy who created Watchmen doesn't want this to exist and he doesn't have a say in this makes me i just don't watch any i didn't see the movie um obviously i didn't see any follow-up comic books and i was just like i can't watch this tv series if alan moore was dead i would probably feel different it's like can you just wait till he's dead before you start taking this thing that he made and milking it. And the answer is no. Well, my understanding is that Alan Moore has made certain arrangements to ensure that he will never die. <laughs> <laughs> and the way that like comics fans have turned on Alan Moore is like one of the sadder things I've seen. Like how the internet was like, Oh, Alan Moore doesn't want us to, we like this thing he made and we want to mine it for stuff. And he doesn't want us to. So fuck.
fuck him. And it's like, that's been really a thing that's bothered me. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's fair. I, I don't be- yeah. I don't begrudge you that. But I feel like the Watchmen movie, I was like, which I haven't seen, so I shouldn't have an opinion of it, but that seemed like a very vapid recreation of the comic where you should just go read the comic. Yeah, you're not yeah. wrong. You're not yeah, wrong. And this seems much more intri- like it. I think I probably would like it if I watched it. So my other piece is just that there's just too much stuff on TV. So yeah. I'm just not going to watch it. <laughs> You got to make choices sometimes. Yeah, totally. The Watchmen movie was made by someone who missed the point of the Watchmen <laughs> comic. And why uh, do we keep from giving him movies to make? And yeah. why does he keep raping 12-year-old boys all over Hollywood? I don't know. Uh, is he a 12-year-old boy rapist? Yeah. Zack Schneider is? is? Uh-huh. How do you know I that? I didn't know that. Oh, you guys, he is. <laughs> Are you confusing him with what's his name? Brian no. Singer? Oh, wait. Yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> well, that's important to get your story yeah. straight. Brian Singer is a monster. Zack Schneider, I think, just makes bad movies. Oh, okay, uh, my bad. Yeah. I take it back for now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> to be fair, we don't know what we don't know. Uh, He's tentatively not a boy. <laughs> and Ryan was just talking about internet takedown culture. Yeah, <laughs> he directed Three Hundred, and I remember yeah. like so many guys were like, "Yeah, bro, Three Hundred. And I, I was talking about that it was homoerotic, and someone got really mad at me. Like, this guy got really aggro, aggro about it. He was like, why do you think it's homoerotic? And I was like, because I saw the movie, and if I was gay, I would jerk off to it. That's why. And I may or may not have anyways, even though right. I'm not gay. You know? I, the movie turned me gay. <laughs> that's why it's homoerotic. No homo, but homo. And I guess that's good that it was historically accurate. Yeah, and yeah, and, but it was like a bunch yeah. of toned, oiled men <laughs> yeah. in tight quarters. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it, no, it totally. Maybe yeah. I should watch Three Hundred. Okay. I mean, yeah. yeah. And one of the things I liked about the Watchmen TV show, to one of your points, Ryan, was that it did some stuff uh, structurally and like it used film techniques in a way to tell its story that it couldn't have told them that way in a comic book. I see. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, yeah, it it used the format to to tell its story in the same way that the comic book used that particular format to tell the kind of story. That I'm happy telling. to hear that because Watchmen, yeah. more than it's even a story, is like a very formal approach to comic storytelling. Right. Like, that's what people don't get. Yeah. Like yeah, this mm-hmm. is about the nine panel grid. And right. Right. This very like focused. You know, these like constraint based storytelling and that shit. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it, what do we got? Like ten more of these? Yeah. yeah right. Seriously. <laughs> Don't worry, mine are going to be short anyway. Is that Carolyn? Okay, um, let's see. Well, this first one is about the best show I've ever seen that also lasted one season like Ryan's. A little thing Mm. called Scorch. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. (laughs) There's only like three episodes. You can't watch anymore. (laughs) No, let's see. The first one I have, similar to Ryan though, actually, and that's from a female perspective, and similar to something we did this year when we were talking about shows that weren't that good. <laughs> uh, instead of 30, instead of uh, Sunset Strips, Studio 60, this is 30 Rock, the good sitcom. Yeah. Oh, you've been watching 30 Rock? Yeah, in fact, it might be the best sitcom, you guys. Ooh, it was uh-huh. such a um, comfort food to rewatch. I think this is my maybe only second time doing the whole thing, the whole shebang. Maybe my third, but it's so good. God. Oh, you watched it all, like, mm-hmm. through? Yeah. How was that? I love it. It's great. Um, yeah. It's it's a really classic American sitcom, and I think it's the last of 
the prestige before we started, it was like network television before everything good was cable. Cable's always been like the better in a lot of ways, but this was like really mm. strong NBC and they put that peacock yeah. front and center. So uh, it's, and it, yeah. It was a show that I rented the first season mm, on DVD right. after it ended because I kept hearing about it and yeah. I loved it. And then it was on Hulu, and I started... That was probably the first series that I watched week to week on a streaming service. Well, let me tell you, if you have Plex, this is a side plug. It's just a thing, P-L-E-X, where you can watch your buddy's media library. So if you want to watch oh. the whole thing, you can come up on our shit and just... Oh, cool. I think it's all on Hulu. I think part Very of nice. why I got Hulu is because 30 Rocks... Because it Yay. was on Netflix, and it switched back to Hulu. But because I watched it as it was happening... Nice. And then I've watched a bunch of random episodes, but I haven't watched it straight through as a thing. But I agree that 30 Rock is absolutely one of the great sitcoms of the last 20 years. Top tier television. Uh, unlike you, I never watched it when it was on. It just kind of seemed mm. corny. And that's oh. not fair. Because <laughs> now that I watch it, it is, you know, it's a little bit restrained because it's network television. But not really. They do a lot. They get the best cameos out of everybody. Mm -hmm. Shout out David Schwimmer. Shout out James mm -hmm. Carvel, who I don't even know, but he is a great bit where he says Cajun style and breaks into a vending machine. Spoilers. <laughs> he um, is the raging Cajun. That's him. That's him. They made well, a star out of Kenneth Parcell. Uh-huh. John McBriar. Yeah. Tina Fey is just totally a genius. She's amazing. Like, she's, such, she's so talented on so many so levels. So talented. Yeah. I read her whole auto-bio after this, and it was fun oh, and cool. stuff, but I wanted her to talk about fucking Lorne and how he taught her how to get weird and stuff, but it's perfect writing. She does talk some about 30 Rock in it. It's called Bossy Pants. It's pretty good. Yeah. And, oh, my God, one of my favorite parts, y'all know I'm a sucker for Night Court. And they have the Paige character, like, demand a Night Court wedding. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, towards the end of the series, uh -huh. right? Uh, toward yeah. the middle back, yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. an American sitcom, so it's, like, what, 30 episodes a season and, like, 8 or 10 seasons. It's a real leisurely walk. You have a lot There's of fun. There's a lot of it, yeah. yeah. They thought they were going to get canceled early on. They didn't. They never found their market, I guess. They weren't a huge, like, hit, hit, hit. But well, they no, had they huge were, critical success. Yeah. yeah, they were they were part of that run of sitcoms that NBC had in like the late 2000s, early 20 teens, where it was like Community, Parks and Rec, 30 yeah. Rock and some other random thing. And they were all hovering at like cancellation numbers. Oh but because they were all at these super low numbers, NBC was like, what are we going to do? Cancel every show we have? That's <laughs> why like they just kept renewing them. And so these like critically acclaimed low rated shows ended up getting like every season. You didn't know if that was going to be the last season, but wow. then it would get one more season. Cause they're like, what the fuck else do we have to put on? And, well, and I think all those shows, too, are, like, indicative of this change in television where, like, it's not really about the ratings at the time anymore. It's, like, about this evergreen thing. Like, yeah. People will Syndication watch 30 and Rock streaming on streaming and, services yep. forever. Yeah. Right. So, they, they were, right. 30 Rock was one of those shows right at the beginning of that transition when, because network TV ratings were going down, the networks were having to learn to reclassify what constitutes a success or not right right because i think that you know whatever tuesday at eight like this many people would watch it but then throughout the week like four times more people would watch it just on their own time right 
and it was one of the best ensembles ever. Like, they got so yes. many great moments out of everybody. Tina Fey, of course, and as one of the head writers making that mark, brava to her. You're supposed to say brava if it's a woman. I'm aware of that, Liz Lemon. That's what her <laughs> and, and her boss did. The good Baldwin, the best Baldwin. Yeah. And then they brought on Billy Baldwin to play him, to play ja- to play the Alec Baldwin in a TV movie in the 30 Rock, and that was great. That's awesome. And they uh, talk about Billy Joel even more than I thought. I thought there was like one thing. There's like three to five things. They're always doing <laughs> Billy Joel stuff. And Tina Fey's husband did the score for it. So that's really jazzy. He's a real musician. So it's a whole other character to it. And yeah, it's a perfect sitcom. And if anybody has, oh, it's such an ensemble cast. And they also like, there's, they keep phasing out the like most handsome white dude character. Like they'll just throw him to the back seat and then hire a new one and then throw him out again. And they put lampshades on it. One thing like that was Josh. Kind of super weird to me about yeah. that show is how there's the third cast member, mm-hmm. and then they sort of Judy Winslow He's him. Over and over, yeah. And then they make this big story <laughs> out of getting a new cast member, and then they just pick the silver robot. Yeah! And it's like, what? And then he's on the show, and then he... So you think that was like a statement? Yeah, oh, kind of. Or just, like, the rest of everybody else is who they're keeping track of. And it's funny to, Mm -hmm. like, when I watch it, I try to remember, like, did they get rid of Josh yet? Did they get rid of the new one? Mm -hmm. And uh, that last one you mentioned, Ryan, who was a silver robot, but then totally changed faces to be, like, a really handsome Canadian guy who can sing. Then they dropped him for, like, I don't know, 14 episodes, and then they pick back up and he yells at Jenna for getting him arrested for smuggling drugs (laughs) Mm. overseas. So it's really fun. It's really great. It's a fucking classic. And, and there's a lot of good, like, subtle jokes on yeah. rewatch, too. Like, that Kenneth is actually, like, thousands of years old. Yes. And, like, there's all these really great, <laughs> like, things about him that are kind of rewarded at the end. So good. Yeah. It made him a star. He started on Conan, I guess. And mm-hmm. just, like, the Leap Day Williams stuff and Leap Day. Ugh. Leap Day Williams. Making yeah. me celebrate Leap Day all the more. A fucking gem of a show. Oh, the last thing I'll say mm-hmm. is I think absolutely one of the greatest moments in TV history mm-hmm. is Sandwich Day, yes. and she's trying to get through, and they won't let her take it through the airport uh-huh. uh, security line, and then she's like, I can have it all, and she just eats the whole sandwich yes. at once. Yes. That is one of the greatest moments ever in TV. <laughs> I love her so much. I felt yeah, so much like her. Great. She felt like mm-hmm. me. Um, Pete. The bald guy, I liked him even more. Maybe it's just because... He was on Mr. Show. Oh, was he? Yeah. Maybe it's because he has that hairline of the oppressor that my spouse does, but he grew (laughs) on me this season. (laughs) He's one of those, like, groundlings guys. He's one of those guys that once you notice him, you you go back and he's in a million things. Good for Scott Scott Adsit. Yeah. Yeah. He's the voice of Baymax in Big Hero 6. Oh, Oh, no way. That's all. That's all. Pete from Thirty Rock. He's great. Fantastic show. I might watch it again in not too long. David, you ever watch it? No. Okay. Oh, all right. What's your What's your pick of the year, David? Yeah, David, you're so cool. <laughs> I'm not cool. I'm okay. the opposite. I'm super basic. That's my problem. <laughs> basic ass, David. Yeah, basically. Uh, <laughs> David's like white t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> 
Tube socks. No, I decided to spice it up with some tan t-shirts and boxer briefs. Crisp you should see the looks shorts. I get when I walk out. To- Hot beige. <laughs> cotton sheets. <laughs> I do like cotton sheets. Um, so I don't watch as many movies as I'd like. I'll put it that way. For wow. a variety of reasons. I don't get right, out. But I did see one movie which was definitely my favorite movie of this year. And my favorite movie in a while, anyways. And that would be Knives Out. Yeah. Oh, I saw this one. And, yeah, and I just love it. And I don't know how much I want to say, because I don't want to necessarily spoil it for, like, <laughs> the rest, like, anybody listening. So yeah, that's particularly where... since it's, like, a mystery. Like, it's, it's yeah. not just, like, here's things that happen in the movie and you've been spoiled. But, like. Yeah, I know. So maybe I shouldn't have brought this up as one thing to talk about. But I liked it oh, so yeah, much. Great. And I And I really liked. Detect, like mystery mysteries in general but they're always they have a high degree of difficulty so a lot of the times i don't end up like mysteries because people screw them up or whatever but this one was not screwed up and and frankly i thought when i first started i really liked it then it had a lull mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i was like i i didn't hate it and that i never put and it at no point did I like, oh, I hate this movie. I was just like, oh, I don't know if I love it. I'm just liking it. But then it turns it up at the end, and I'm like, I'm like, no, this movie's amazing, and I love it. And it's so, and good mystery is hard to do, and yeah. it was done in this movie. It's, so it's it held cool. up to your plot hole detection. No, nah, for the most part, I'd have to rewatch it. Now that you know the whole story, you have yeah. to kind of like see and, and I it to figure it out. I saw the movie after david told me that he had seen it and that he liked it and so then i was much more comfortable just going along with the flow of the story because i'm like <laughs> i already know this is past david's plot hole test so. <laughs> my donut hole test your donut hole test yes <laughs> <laughs> it checks out i can relax yeah uh, i also watched it i found it very tightly wound you know i was very immersed like david in the first act and uh, they do so many, like, really good screenplay things, like just how Daniel Craig, just the, when the three detectives are grilling each person, he, like, just announces himself by doing a piano key whenever something strikes his fancy that is very artful and building. And, of course, you know, like, the knife chair that people sit in while they're being interrogated, that's uh, really subtle, good symbolism, guys. They do a good thing with it at the end, too. It's nice Agatha Christie-type Murder mystery with a few good twists at the end. Uh, have you seen it, Ryan? I didn't see it. Oh yeah, it's, it's good. good. I'd recommend yeah. it. I, okay. I yeah. liked and I liked it without giving too much away. I liked it. I I also like those sort of Agatha Christie esque murder mystery type mm-hmm. things. Um, this this sits very nicely and sort of next to a slightly you know, a less comedic version of like Clue almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just in the way that it brings sort of like pretty people together and has them bounce off of each other and, and whatnot. But, uh, so I like those sort of drawing room mystery whodunit things, but it also was saying a little something along the way about yeah. the, you know, the world today. And that was kind of fun in a non, non preachy hit you over the head with it kind of way. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in some rather clever, subtle ways that I think might be lost on a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> but, it all, you know, it was a fun mystery and it was also trying to say something, which was kind of nice. You don't get yeah. those two things. Rarely do those two things try to be done in the same movie. And even more rarely do they ever pull both of them off. 
Yeah, I'm looking good. forward to the J.J. Uh, Abrams sequel in Knives Out that tells you that everything that happened <laughs> in it didn't really happen. <laughs> well, is it that what is it that more? Well, the Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I guess you're right. I get I get what you're saying. I'll yeah. <laughs> uh, workshop that for a minute. <laughs> I know. Well, no, I just forgot that. Yeah, it would be Ryan Johnson who did the middle movie. So. Yeah. It makes sense. It's just that Ryan Johnson kind of did the thing, the same thing to J.J. Abrams, who then did it to Ryan Johnson, and then yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think do we want to just go in the same order? Go back sure. to Ryan. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ryan is so, your favorite. So. I guess you like Ryan, so why don't you just kiss him on the mouth? <laughs> in order of how much David likes uh, himself being last. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> All right, so I have one that's a little bit uh, of a conversation piece. Mm -hmm. So one thing, it didn't start this year, but I feel like it went into full effect this year, and I had a specific experience that made me really think about it, is the commodification of sexual misconduct. Dun, dun, dun. For example, Mm -hmm. that there was a really big hit two-part documentary on HBO that's just four hours of descriptions of Michael Jackson <laughs> sexually abusing little boys. Oh, God, right. Yeah. And then there was a whole series about R. Kelly. Right. And all the things mm-hmm. that he has done. Um, and then there's these other things, too, like Aziz Ansari had a new special after his outing of what he did, where he talks about it, or... Dave Chappelle has been talking about it a lot. Right. Everyone gets worked up. Um, but it's interesting. I'll say a few things and then I'll open it up to the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, just that I think it's really good that this information is being outed. Like yeah, Michael Jackson being a child molester, being uh, public knowledge, and the people who experienced it being able to speak about it. I think it's really important. Same with R. Kelly. But it's weird that it's becoming a form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like, I had um, some friends over, and they were like, oh, after this, we're all going to eat edibles and watch the R. Kelly Whoa. series. Is that the R. Kelly documentary's fault or your friend's fault, though? Yeah. Well, they hadn't God's seen fault. it yet. And I definitely, when I saw there was some, both of these things I've watched, and before I watched them, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to watch that. And then you watch them, and you're like, oh, someone's really talking about some really heavy, terrible Mm. shit that happened. Like, it's compelling. But then, you know, when you're actually watching it, you're like, oh, this is like a lot of pain and misery, you know? Yeah. Um, But Uh, you want to watch it. Like, I couldn't wait, wait to watch this shit. So I don't know because it's once it's at once acknowledging people's pain and also exploiting it. Yeah, it's in my mind. It's almost like a broader subject of just news today because you know it's like a documentary. It's presenting information. It's kind of like a news story and right. like how most news publications in any form you want to talk about have two different goals, which is to inform people but also to make money right? and how that doesn't always mesh very well for a lot of different reasons. 
in some way in some ways in the form of what news goes out and what doesn't simply based on what people are more willing to consume and then also because now you're you're almost looking for the salacious stuff just to profit off of it and that never feels great either and, right so it's weird and yeah. then it's also like what happens now like yeah so that's what I would like to ask you guys I'll, I'll I'm gonna do both these guys but in a one after the other what's your current stance? On Michael Jackson. Um, so similarly to just watching like crime shows, which I do a fair amount of here and there, it's like, you know, you're learning about someone's trauma and it's a real bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't watched any of these documentaries you've mentioned, Ryan, but I think they're really relevant and important. My stance on Michael Jackson is like, you know, he always seemed like a huge chimo. And then, like, somebody mm-hmm. like Corey Feldman will come out and be like, no, he's fucking not. And then you're like, oh, I well. I got a lot to say about Corey Feldman. I know. That's, <laughs> you, let's do another episode. <laughs> it says Corey Feldman on my piece of paper. <laughs> it's all big and bloody. Um, no, nah, Corey's got his own problems, right? But, like, mm-hmm. so I haven't watched any of these, and it's not because I don't think they're good. It's just, like, I haven't been in the right frame of mind i've done a lot of comedies this year because shit is tragic enough but that doesn't mean it's not valid it just means it's not to where my taste is right now and so uh, my stance on michael jackson is i'm not at all surprised and now that all the evidence comes out you know you'd think people would like finally put that to bed but there are still people who are like no he didn't do it these people are just lying to get money and it's like jesus what would it fucking take for you and like some people will always support the abuser this is It's just what they're trained to do. It's just how society is built. It's just what they like to do from their church and their families. They just do that and they won't stop. So I don't, I have another, another thing to say about that later, but, um, I guess what I mean in the moment is like, like I went to a Halloween dance thing Mm. and they're playing all this music and people are dancing. And then like Billie Jean came on Mm -hmm. and half, like you could see it. Like a lot of people were like, yeah. And a lot of people were like, Well, that's it's like, tough because Michael Jackson's ooh, music, ooh, right? <laughs> his music is central to America, and right. yeah, he's totally. So talented that Moonwalk yeah. made everyone shit their pants, mm-hmm. and his music is great. But yeah, I haven't put on any of his songs lately, and you know, I fucking used to at least do Human Nature every once in a while. But it's <laughs> such a yikes. Well, and do you think that like? If you wait a few years and you can enjoy Michael Jackson again, or is he like ruined forever? Kind of ruined forever. Like, if it comes on the radio, I might not switch it. I might let it be my guilty pleasure, but I don't know if I'll ever seek it out again, which is huge because his songs are America, but his <laughs> crimes are huge. What do you guys think? Well, that's where I get into, like, can you separate the art from the artist? Right, that's right. And, and that, which is a different question from should you pay artists who you feel are bad, you know? Like, yeah. should should you support artists who you know are bad is different than can you, if I'm not supporting it, if it's on the radio or whatever, could I separate the music from the artist? Mm-hmm. And in one way, it's like, sure, I could evaluate the music and stuff, but sometimes I feel like... You really can't in some cases. It's probably more uh, case by case. But like in the case of Michael Jackson, there's no way his music, I can't hear his music and then think pedophile. And that's Mm -hmm. going to affect my enjoyment of the music or my like, like there's just no way for me to truly completely separate. It's not like the song. I can't evaluate the songs and be like, yeah, this was kind of a banger. It's just at the same time, I'm like, 
I'm going when I hear his songs, I'm going to think pedophilia, and that's going to affect my enjoyment of the song. You know, I'm well, he's one of the best pedophile musicians out there. Sorry, <laughs> Gary Glitter. I would say he's the greatest pedophile musician of all time. He's up I, there. I know there's some stiff competition. Well, so <laughs> it's unfortunately <laughs> stiff competition. So it's tricky, right? Because I'm probably the only one of us who can say this, but mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of R. Kelly. Yeah, like. I believe objectively that R. Kelly is a musical genius. Aesthetically, if he's not your thing or whatever, yeah, I, I like his music and I think he's brilliant. Um, but both Michael Jackson and R. Kelly, pretty inarguably, have committed crimes to the point where you can't even look at them. But, mm. well, Michael Jackson is in all culture and R. Kelly is a little bit more... Um, I don't know, more popular with black people than all people or whatever. Sure. Um, but uh, R. Kelly is alive also. Like, right. the fun thing about Michael Jackson is that if you're, it's like if you are listening to Michael Jackson music, like, he's dead. He's not reaping any benefits anymore. Right. His, and yeah. I don't know. His, that his family might get mm-hmm. some money, but then there's the whole complicated, like, yeah. That's were, where how yeah. much were how complicit were they and mm-hmm. that's where the discussion of like yeah separating the art from the art that's you're not supporting Michael Jackson anymore so that's not the problem really it's just right how much can you enjoy his music anymore in my mind is the yeah it's tough and yeah I'm not sure I mean I don't have an mm-hmm. answer which is yeah I'm I mean so interested in this my my take on it as far as Michael Jackson is concerned isn't a whole lot different than David and, and kind of like Carolyn I can't say that I've you know, reached for Michael Jackson music, mm-hmm. you know, clicked on, you know, I, I, I still have his stuff in, in, you know, my iTunes. Um, mm-hmm. but I can't say that I've been like, yeah, let's fire up some Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime in, in the recent past at the same time, if I'm, if the radio's on and a song comes on, I may find myself jamming to it, but there's also that voice inside man. It's like, ooh, Michael Jackson, remember, this isn't great. <laughs> um, or like if your kid wants to listen to Michael yeah, Jackson, that's a, it's that's like, a, ooh, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's a whole nother how to yeah. deal with what's happening <laughs> now when that time comes. Yeah, I don't I have not calculated how that's gonna play out. Uh, but like with R. Kelly it's easy because I didn't listen to R. Kelly before and so it's I just won't con- I will continue to not listen to R. Kelly. I know. Kelly. I think mm-hmm. I'm the only one of us that was really hurt by this. Yeah, yeah. for me it was just kind of like, like, okay. I mean, that's I'm, I don't I don't want to. That sucks for his victims. I don't want to be like whatever. Yeah. No, yeah. they were hurt the most. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> but, for, but for me, it was just one of those where I'm like, I have no personal connection to this whatsoever. It goes, who are the victims here? First, his literal victims, victims. and then, then after Ryan. them, me. Then Ryan. Yep. Um, because yeah, because my iTunes has every single R. Kelly album on it. And it's like, I'm not hitting shuffle now. Like, (laughs) fuck, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I do, you live in fear that some artist or, or director or actor or whatever, that you do have like a deep personal relationship with, with their art. Um, You know, I feel like we're just one breaking news story away from some of those people turning out to be monsters and nobody's perfect and no one's saying like people have to be perfect but there are levels where like you switch from they've made some mistakes and are human beings to are monsters and you just what right. what do you do well, when that becomes someone that you really do deeply care about their work right. it's, it's tricky too because it's like like r kelly 
very obviously made a sex tape with an underage girl in like 2003 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he, he delayed his trial. And in that time, he released his biggest hit ever. Not a coincidence, I don't think. <laughs> and there was this sort of collective agreement to just like let it blow over. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um i was definitely complicit in that like i had friends that like i would come they would come over to work and they'd be like oh, i don't put on r kelly and i like wouldn't argue with them but yeah uh it's like what does it take and i guess it takes like about four hours of <laughs> interviews of victims saying like because it also seems like these documentaries are really necessary to really get people to be like all right fine like more so than like a very public trial or something right Right. because the public is invited to these documentaries they are like Mm -hmm. trials except we don't get like little dippy courtroom sketches or everybody looks goofy we get to see like people talk about their experience and it's much more gutting and the purpose of like law is supposed to be that if r kelly has sex with an underage girl that he is tried and punished for it so when he gets away with it like in a in a just world it would be because you know like he got away he was cleared of that yeah and so i think there was a public consciousness of like well he was cleared so whatever but it's because our system's totally fucked like you can be rich and successful enough to literally get away with anything mm-hmm. so it's fine it's it's confusing and then it's tough because uh, you're talking about like other artists, and it's this is certainly on a different level. But then like J.K. Rowling has said some stuff lately mm-hmm. that isn't great, and then, and then it's like, well, where do you draw the line of like, oh, these people aren't as good as I want them to be? Can you, you know, when do you? Well, and like, what's the going? line? Yeah, you know, I got to say, like, I've really this year really weaned myself off social media. And a really big moment I had around that is, like, my partner, Diana, is a midwife, and she comes home from work, and she's like, oh, I, I delivered two babies today, and will tell me about the babies and the families. And she'll be like, what did you do? And I'm at home working all day, and I'm like, everyone's mad at J.K. Rowling because she liked a tweet by a person who was transphobic. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck are you doing all day? And I was like, I just need to not be involved in these things at all anymore. It's sort of, I mean, maybe she did more than that. I have not kept up on it, but... No, I mean, that's the gist of it. Yeah, it's a little more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I, my only counterpoint to you, Ryan, would be you noticed that while also doing other stuff. Like, there's a mm. difference between... What'd you do today? I sat and watched my Twitter feed all day, and like I kept an eye on my Twitter feed while also producing some art. I just mean the amount of like mental engagement I'm yeah. having with bullshit is, and also like I yeah. read the Harry Potter books 15 years ago, oh, gosh. and I'm done. Like that's what I did. That's my relationship with J.K. Rowling, and I'm sure if. Kurt Vonnegut was on Twitter all fucking day his whole life, he would have said some stupid shit. It's like, what is the line? At what point do we not need to care about every opinion someone who makes popular media has? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the decision everybody has to make is, you know, what what is acceptable? What uh, black marks on a on a creator's ledger are acceptable and which ones aren't? Mm hmm. And I guess we all decide individually for ourselves, but yeah. yeah. I'm just, yeah. 
But one, one last thing I'll say, and then probably this is my time for my subject. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another social media thing, like Facebook specifically. Uh, this is hard to say because I, I, I have quit Michael Jackson and R. Kelly. Um, and I think that's the right thing to do. But what I won't do is argue with black people on social media who refuse to quit them. Right, right. Because there's a cultural thing happening. I grew up in Oakland, so I have a lot of people I went to high school with and stuff who are on my social media feed who are like, this is bullshit. They're taking out black, all our artists, you know? And I think there's a... There's a factual, there's something I think is factually wrong about that. Right. But I'm not going to step in and be like, here's my white opinion. <laughs> you need to not like Michael Jackson. I'm yeah. just not going to do it. Because it's there's so many things happening at once there. And uh, I guess this is this is the epiphany that I had on so, uh, regarding social media that's similar to yours, but not quite as extreme, which was just when I gave up trying to just getting into those arguments about anything with anyone. I'm like, there are, there are aspects of social media that I enjoy and there are aspects that I don't. And the ones that I don't went away real fast when I was, if I saw something like that and I'm like, I think those people are wrong, whatever I'm moving on with my life. (laughs) Yeah. I'm never going to convince them in this, you know, in this forum, it's just not fucking worth it. And you might get a little bummed out at the reminder that there are people out there that think those kind of things mm-hmm. and that you don't have the tools at your disposal to enter into a conversation where you can change their minds. But then you just you, you move on with your life because it's just not worth it. Well, and it's also just like a completely different stance of viewing an issue, you know, because yeah. if the issue is like this person did committed a crime, that's one thing. But then if the issue is like the the way black celebrities are treated in relation to the way white celebrities are treated, it becomes a whole different thing that I'm not, but also right. I just don't even want to see anyone's arguments. That's why I'm not on social media very much anymore. Cause I'm just like, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. like, I was just, I wasn't really participating in arguments, but I just saw them. So I was reading them still yeah. and like having my own private opinions. And I was like, I should just be working on something or reading actual news or reading a fucking book. My solution was to curate my social media to put me firmly into a bubble where I just Mm. got my own opinions echoed back at me. And it's okay because I recognize that that's what's happening. And I and I won't be surprised when I step out of that echo chamber and find out that the rest of the world isn't like it is on my social media feed. Mm. Uh, Well, you guys want to go to an R. Kelly concert with me? It's a new year. It's 2020 now. Can you any- have to bring a tarp to sit in the front row like Gallagher. Can you yes. even go to an R. Kelly concert? No. Can anyone go to one right now? Is he in jail? He's fucking I don't know if he's in jail. I think he must be in jail. I feel like um, he was released on bail and then like didn't show up to a trial or something. And so they threw him back in jail. Or I'm going to get the crack research team you, on You this, do that. I don't, I don't know where R. Kelly is. <laughs> but keep the them away from R. Yeah. Kelly for the love of God. Give I know, a good right? distance. Yeah. <laughs> Let's find out. Austin. Yeah. What do you got? Uh... Well, geez, I don't want to follow that with my <laughs> my unimportant <laughs> my unimportant pop culture nonsense. Uh, let's talk about Hoxpox, the uh, what? 
as the as the internet dubbed <laughs> House it. Of Ac- House Austin of House loves acronyms. He's never seen an acronym uh, he doesn't want. To I use. didn't come up with this one. This is yeah, but you'll but use you it. Love it. it. <laughs> yes, I will use it. Uh, House of X, Powers of X, the the uh, Jonathan Hickman. Uh, reboot. Well, not really reboot. John Hickman relaunch of the X Men that occurred uh, end of this summer and over the fall. Okay, is it in a comic book then, and not a TV show? Or a this movie? is yes. This is a comic book. This is okay. Not a, okay. This is not I've a movie or a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Two two six issue miniseries House of X Powers of X that. Uh, kind of traded the story back and forth between them while also maintaining a little bit of thematic individuality between like what kind of story, what aspect of the story was being told in one book versus the other book uh, to justify there being two separate series and not just one 12 issue series. But uh, it is not as a, as a longtime X-Men fan, it is, not without its flaws. Um, Hickman as a writer is not without his writerly ticks, just like any writer has their ticks. Um, and, and many of those ticks are on, on grand display in, in Hox Pox. But what, what really, you know, for every little bit of dialogue that seems off or, uh, plot beat that I might find questionable, what was really nice about it was that he, he clearly has a he has something he wants to say with the X-Men and he has a vision for them and he's trying to do something different, sure. which isn't something that's really happened in the franchise since Grant Morrison was on the book in the early to mid 2000s, after which Marvel basically spent 15 years just rehashing the same storylines and doing everything they could to ignore what Grant Morrison had done. And Grant Morrison is another writer who I didn't like everything that he did when he was on the book, but he also clearly had a vision and something to say and a desire to move the characters into some different directions and headspaces. Mm -hmm. And that was also very interesting. And so it's just refreshing to once again, have a, a creative, a vision for the series that it's a little bit different and trying to do some new things and trying to say something instead of just rehashing the same stories over and over again. Even if on a micro level, I may not necessarily love everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I read the first issue and, uh, I just can't Marvel and DC comics, man. I, every once in a while I give them a shot and, um, I'm happy for you that X-Men in particular, I know that's your main shit, is interesting right now. Yeah. But there's just something about the whole packaging of Marvel and DC Comics right now where I just cannot be engaged by them. Yeah, yeah, you're not alone. I know, I wish I felt different. I've, I, I, every, every year I try a few things out, but I just never end up uh, sticking around. Yeah, it's tough because I'd say... Maybe you should try more than one issue, but then at the same time, shouldn't the one issue be enough to at least make you want to read the second one, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, a- it's it's just the whole thing. I mean, I read comics pretty regular, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know how much we want to get into the comics industry as a whole in this. We're going to resolve it. But um, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm happy Are you sure about Austin. that, Ryan? I feel like <laughs> X-Men right now, they're doing something interesting and they seem pretty focused. So good for them. Yeah. And they're giving their <laughs> conspiracy theory now that 
uh, Disney owns the X-Men movie rights. They're finally, (laughs) the Marvel, the comic book company is finally putting them front and center again after. I don't think that's a conspiracy. (laughs) An editor at Marvel told me like in the, like around 2009 or something, he said that because of licensed property shit, like Marvel very intentionally was like, all right, Avengers is our main shit. Now we own that as movies. We're pushing this. We're pulling back X-Men. Like, yeah. Yeah. Shit. Well, how's Nightcrawler doing? He's how is Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler's good. He's on. He's he's one of the uh, the twelve members of the Quiet Council. That's like the governing body on Krakoa. Sweet. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. And he and he helped. I always he, knew he'd end up there. And he helped. Uh, he helped write the third law, which is make more mutants because he's a horny devil that wants to get down. Damn. <laughs> Does he have like a lipstick penis or what? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I feel like he's got a blue penis. Yeah, it's yeah. De- well, it's definitely blue. And then the question is, how furry is it? Yeah. You think it, I? I picture it more like a red rocket kind of situation. Yeah, right. like, a, like lipstick. a lipstick. That's what the lipstick is. Yeah, 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 yeah. David. It's the same thing. <laughs> See, Ryan gets it. He knows. Yeah, but you I said know. it was blue though, which would not be. Well, because I don't think it is a, a lipstick. I bet it's like purple year, because there's always weird I, colors that happen, and you will be surprised whenever you see it. That's all you need to know. I can get on board with the Beast having a red rocket. <laughs> probably yeah, have very similar penises. Sense. No, I but would think so, because the Beast just got hairy. He was a human who just became <laughs> But then hairy. he, was, but he became got, like, more cat-like. Yeah, he got like beast-like. <laughs> like animalistic. He's like, oh, my dick's weird. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got one. Which of the X-Men has the biggest and which has the smallest of the penises? I'm going to base this based off the arcade game of the X-Men, which is what I know them the most from. Colossus, right? Yeah, I know that nothing... Definitely small penis on that guy. Come on. Your name is Colossus. Stop overcompensating. Right. But what about the blob, right? His penis could have been eaten by his blobness. True. Mm -hmm. I feel like Juggernaut. Do you think, like, the Crimson... (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Wait, hold on though, Carol. Biggest and smallest. What do you? Um, Biggest is shit. I don't know. Fucking um, um, Charles Xavier. Uh huh. And the smallest is Magneto. Yeah, yeah. Charles. That's why he needs a wheelchair is because it's supporting that fat hog of his full time. Yeah. His legs work fine. (laughs) His back just—they're just not strong enough, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys cool. say? Uh, oh, we solved it. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking Gambit might have the smallest. <laughs> yeah, really? he's yeah. definitely overcompensating. He definitely seems like he's overcompensating. And then he that. hooks, and then he has he enters into like a long term, decades long romance with a woman who can't touch oh, him, and that therefore makes sense. won't wow. ever be able to, you know, verify the size of his penis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think he has like a micro penis? No, no. I just I, think it's decidedly on decidedly yeah. average relative. It's underwhelming. To his, yeah. Underwhelming. Yeah. Do you think? Okay, so he can like charge cards, right? Can he charge his shot to explode? That's my question. No, mm. he can't charge organic matter. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, that solves that. <laughs> I like how there's totally an answer. Like I knew that too. <laughs> It's very clear. Exactly. Look at his trading card, yeah. for God's sakes. It spells it out right there, Carol. <laughs> Cannot kinetically charge jism. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. What? How? What do we have? Nine of these? Yeah, yeah. We gotta get to Carolyn. (laughs) All right. Back to me. Uh, Speaking of, let me guess. Sure. Um, something from the (laughs) eighties. Actually, just to spite Ryan, I'm going to hardline into absolutely recent, relevant material. But this one has a nod a little bit back. Uh, Speaking of coxmanship. We are going to some Danny McBride properties. I don't know who else has watched it, but I am in love with the Righteous Gemstones. Anybody? It's an HBO show, right? It is. It's an HBO comedy. And I almost wanted to talk about Barry, but after I watched this one, I forgot about Barry. So sorry. (laughs) So good. It's so good. This is better. So it's Danny McBride, and then this also made me rewatch the predecessor of the first, I think, truly great HBO comedy, Eastbound and Down, which I watched ah. again and I fucking love. <laughs> and it has a weird overlap with 30 Rock. The guy who plays Stevie, or is Stevie in it, yeah, is in one episode of 30 Rock, which was fun. But no, Righteous Gemstones is the new one, and it is Kenny Powers, a.k.a. Danny McBride, as a religious grifter in a big family of you know, big showboat church people who take all the money and do TV shows, a Tammy Faye Baker kind of thing. <laughs> and oh. it's so good. They do that sounds really interesting. crime stuff, but it's really mostly comedy. John Goodman's in it. It's new skinny weird John Goodman, but he's great. <laughs> oh, <shit>. um, okay. <laughs> he's their dad. He's great. A skinny bunch of John other Goodman people. freaks me out. It's a yeah, little freaky. Up a little. I mean, like, good for him for getting healthy and whatnot, but it still freaks me out. Well, I don't like but he's it. one of those people where you can look at him and be like, the shape of your face tells me that you should weigh more than you <laughs> yeah. do right now. I want to be fat. You can have right? some chunk on you and still be healthy, you know. He can still act, so that's what's important. And yeah. who's the guy? Another guy, he's got these big teeth. It's great. Walter Goggins is fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As Uncle Baby Billy. Uncle Baby Billy. <laughs> um, oh, the, uh, and it's one of those, it's another one of the things which I talk about in other shows. It's called Dead Mom's Disease, where the mom just fucking dies. But here, at least they, like, honor the mother, and they spend a lot of episodes, like, one going way back with her. So she's dead. John Goodman was her husband, and they made all these kids. One of them is Danny McBride. The other two are great. I don't remember their names, but... um so like 30 Rock for me, a very special thing is that the lead actor is one of the lead writers. And so they have so much control and such a point of standards. And, you know, Danny McBride, you look at him, he's a great schlubby character actor, but he's nobody who's pretty enough that would have been given a career without this writing. And so he writes himself these perfect roles, like an eastbound and down. He's like a down on his luck ex pitcher. So he's, if he could be one kind of athlete, it would be a baseball pitcher, right? Because he's a little chubs. And then if he was one kind of famous person, he could also be a religious proselytizer. So he's great in this. And oh, they have crime in it. They have some really brutal high stakes, low stakes stuff where like people die and it's gross. But then they're like, they have weird sexual repression too. Danny McBride plays uh, just like a total hypocrite. And also this has the most like weird, speaking of dick, this is the most dick in it ever. They're not letting a single dick go away. And it's mostly flaccid. <laughs> like, it's just a chance to show, like, one guy hanging brain in a t-shirt. And everybody else is like, oh, bummed out because of it. Which they would do in Eastbound and Down, too. But I will say, as, like, a Chekhov's gun thing, they have all this flaccid dick. And then at the very end in a finale scene, you do get to see one erection. And it's very artfully done uh i won't spoil it too much erection very tasteful um somebody's somebody's romantic interest in this 
gets kind of lured back into Satanism, and then they're, like, stuck in a goth raver cult, like, (laughs) in all this bondage gear with tubes on them, and just their erection is showing. It's so good, you guys. No one touches it. They don't have to. It's just perfect. Cool. That sounds really good. And there's just one season? Um, I think so. I hope another one's coming out soon. I recommend it very, very, very highly. It's fucking funny. Cool. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Anybody else seen it? Heard of it? No? I've heard uh, of it. Heard of yeah, it, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, so, I don't yeah. see a lot of movies. <laughs> All right. Love it. Good start. <laughs> Great. Reminds me of your last recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> But there was one movie this year I said and swore up and down I was not going to go see. Oh, boy. And then circumstances, like, the fates aligned against me (laughs) and made me go see it. (laughs) A gust of wind blew David into a cinema. It's probably a long, boring story as to why I ended up seeing Joker. (laughs) I was wondering if one of us was going to pick this. It's because you're a Joker, probably. Yeah, yeah. Did it? Has anyone else seen it? No. No. Yeah. I saw it. Did you like it? Not really. Yeah. I mean, I t- my opinion was like I felt like it was well made, well done. Uh, but I, I, as I'm watching it, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out who this is for. Mm. Like, what is this like? Who? Who? Why am I rooting for Joker? Like, he's the protagonist, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. what's this about? And then I guess the best answer I came up with is the same people who, like, watch Friday the 13th and root for Jason. And well, I'm one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a headspace I never get into myself. I'm not oh, okay. for the mass murderer, but... And I think then, it is for mass murderers. Like, remember how the media kept trying to wait for someone to pull a shooting at the mm. theater? Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, yeah... I gotta say, uh, I had a reaction to that because people were protesting bef- before it even came out. Sure, yeah. that too, and that too. Well, it doesn't I help what the director was saying, but that's... Yeah, I gotta say, I can't get with that because you can't... I'm always really anti-censorship. Like, mm-hmm. I'm... And it's tricky in this point in time because a lot of, like, you know, uh, racist white people are like, well, it's my right to be mm-hmm. volatile, which is a problem, especially with the internet. But, like, when it was rap music and there was all this opposition, I was like, fuck that. You know, people have a right. And so being anti-censorship means you also have to support things even if you don't like them. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to so, support them. It just means well, you don't want the government to come in and shut down what the Right, what's being but said. I get... I get it. I basically agree with the people who were, whatever you want to say, triggered by this Joker movie. Like, it does seem to be tapping into this white male frustration. Yeah. It's a very scary problem. But it's just a movie. I like, know, but people can protest a movie. It's not the government that's saying this movie can't be released. It's just people saying we don't like this movie. What I'm saying, for myself, I can't, if I'm going to be opposed to the opposition around something i have to i have to be consistent like i have to um not even if it's something that i personally don't think is great i you can't just 
treat it like it shouldn't exist, if that makes sense. I mean, I'm kind of with you. Like, the culture wars, it goes both ways. And there's a lot of things I kind of personally want to cancel, but I think it should still exist, right? Like, I'm not going to go, but I'm not going to protest, but maybe I'm just fucking lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say, I mean, we're getting beyond this, because I'm not even saying necessarily about the joke. You could say something shouldn't exist. Like, I could say that. You could say it. But, but I'm saying, like, and I shouldn't be feel obligated to go to a movie just because it's there. And I guess if people don't want to go see it, then that's their prerogative, right? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying two things. One is it's very easy to not go see a movie. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, I remember John Waters said this thing I really love. I do love John like, Waters. I think about him all the time. On board already. He was like, a person who's going to go see a movie and then go crazy and kill people was going to do that. Like... Yeah, a movie isn't going to be the difference between someone. He was like, "Show me the movie where a perfectly sane person can go in and see it, and then <laughs> be inspired to go kill someone." That would be an incredibly powerful. <laughs> like, there's nothing that amazing that could ever be made. You know, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, so I don't know because at once I agree that uh, who we see as the target audience for this Joker movie, I'm very troubled by those people. Mm-hmm. But I also. I don't know, I just felt conflicted because I can't get on board with people like this this bandwagon that's just don't go see the movie, you know? Yeah. Sure, but then we want to make bigger strides culturally, like mm-hmm. we do, and we might need more direct action. And I don't I didn't watch Joker for the reasons David almost didn't, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then talk about problematic faves and R. Kelly, what's the big single? Who's the other best pedophile rock star? We got that Gary Glitter song. For yeah. Joker doing oh, his right. little kick steps. About that. And it's oh, yeah, like, I think, oh, I thought about it. And I think, like, they're shoving it in our fucking faces. Mm-hmm. Like, they're being edgelords. And they're like, this is for mm-hmm. the school shooters. <laughs> so it's like, well, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. I mean, you know, try to win me. That's what cinema has to do mm-hmm. to get me in the seat these days. I saw the movie because I really like Joaquin Phoenix. He is mm-hmm. usually the, quite I, good. Yeah, how do you like it? I do. The idea of him playing the Joker in a movie that's all about the Joker was very interesting to me. I thought that it was basically an homage to, like, Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to old Scorsese movies. Isn't there a Scorsese it, about a comedian? I think they kind of... Yes, King of Comedy. Yeah. And there's, like, really overt homages to King of Comedy in this movie. Um, like, very intentional. Right. Um, Would you say so it's, I, like, a ripoff or only homage? Ah, uh, I think you could say either one. Okay. <laughs> I think that's up to you. But, so to me, it was like this kind of weaker uh, homage by a weaker filmmaker yeah. to old Scorsese movies. And then it just happens to be about a comic book character, that's which weird. felt really yeah. weird. Like, it didn't really fit to me that this is supposed to be the Joker. Like, that never even lined up to me mm-hmm. in this way. And then they yeah. kind of shove some other, well, the Waynes show up, and it's just doesn't work very well and i i felt like this guy wants to make this movie and he can get it made by basing it on a popular property which is like where hollywood's going we're getting these more kind of experimental art films that are going like oh yeah it's uh deadpool Mm -hmm. or you know like we're i think the superhero genre in cinema is starting you can get your movie greenlit if it's based on a superhero comic book Mm -hmm. even though nobody reads comic books anymore um, and so we're going to start getting more stuff like this where it's like, it's like new mutants is coming out this year and it's a horror movie that happens to 
be the characters from the New Mutants. Oh, this sounds awful that it's all going to be about comic books. Yeah. Well, though they're all it's going to crash soon. Okay, yeah. that's they're going to find yeah. some other properties that like yeah. some other genre of properties that they need to like all. They're going to start doing movies of the Bazooka Joe bubblegum strips. Yes. Yeah. Bazooka Joe era of cinema. Gritty reboots. Bazooka Joe's getting yeah. a fucking bazooka. Uh, before, before I even saw the movie, two things that annoyed me mm-hmm. was that the director said he made the movie because no one can be funny anymore. Oh. Which, which is just a super shitty thing to say and not true. Yeah. But, you know, See? We don't have to dissect that. But That's then he also said he wanted to make an anti-superhero movie. And I just wanted to say it's called Supervillain. They're called Supervillain. <laughs> Uh, yeah. They're not anti-superheroes. They're supervillains. <laughs> Which brings to mind the other Danny McBride thing, The Boys. I didn't even watch it, but people like yeah, it. Yeah, I've oh. not seen that one. I don't yeah, know. I Everyone loves it. it. I, fe- I don't know. Everyone's like, oh, they're finally taking superhero down. And I'm like, Watchmen was a comic in 87 or whatever. whatever yeah, right? 86, like, 85. Yeah. yeah. Or- superheroes have been dissected many times over, in my opinion. But- well, it's very interesting yeah. to me how superheroes went through this deep process from like the 30s to the you know mm-hmm. not late 90s right. in comic books and that's now happening in movies yeah like that's pretty interesting to me yeah, like the whole cycle joker, of it yeah joker is essentially like an 80s comic book mm-hmm. in a movie form you know mm-hmm. i also am just like the joker's whole point is he does not have an origin so that was another reason i was like yeah. this doesn't even Although for me the movie kind of maybe suggests that this it is... does unreliable narrator yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. But i don't know i just thought it was like it didn't work as i a mean thing. to me it was part of it was like i'm like this is a completely joyless movie like there's no joy yeah. in the movie and yeah there's nothing to take away from it either like there's nothing it's trying to teach me either uh-huh. And when you fail on, you know, enter, you know, giving me joy or teaching me something, then what am I doing here? You know, it's interesting though too because we're all nerds and yeah, like when you t- a friend of mine who is does film work, film work, you know, uh, saw mm-hmm. it at she was interested in it and she had like such a completely different take on the whole thing. And part of it was like she doesn't care. She like when they're yeah. like, "Oh, that's related to Thomas Wayne." That didn't yeah. meant nothing to her. Mm-hmm. She was just saw it as a character study of a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that was very well. That's interesting. That's kind of to your point, Ryan, about how the the comic book movies are following the cycle of comic books themselves. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of that is because the general audience that's watching the movies that didn't read the comic books is kind of going on the same journey that the comic books did. The readers right. did back in the day where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, now the Joker movie comes along. People are like, Oh, you can dissect superheroes or oh, right. yeah. where it's like for us, like uh, they've been doing this for 40 fucking years, <laughs> but yeah. to them, they've only been experiencing comic book stories for like the last 10 or 15. So that is new and fresh and different to the average moviegoer. Yeah, there's like a really weird thing culturally happening too. I think like like the new Star Wars. I don't know if that's anyone's pick, but um, <laughs> Maybe like not. I Maybe think not. I think anyone that doesn't give a shit and was like, yeah, I'll go see the new Star Wars was like that was fine. Yeah. And everyone that was like waiting in line to see it was like, what the fuck was that? You know, like anyone who was emotionally invested in the quality of this movie was burned, and anyone mm-hmm. who was like, yeah, I got nine bucks, I'll go see the new. People who are like, what is it, part nine? Is it the sequel to what? You know, that they all had a fine time. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, to your point, David, about the boys being, you know, 
the, yeah. the umpteenth the, dissection of yeah, the super, construction of for, super yeah. for us we've you know we've read umpteen number of stories <laughs> but it's maybe the first tv show that does that maybe. so it's excites those people uh, speaking of the tv shows that dissect superheroes just a real quick shout out to the uh, latest the tick oh, oh yeah what's that good the live action it's one? very fun it's very yeah. sweet i didn't know Oops. if they'd get me but they totally did <laughs> quite a nice little show and that's the second live action yeah show, right? not patrick warburton who did play him okay. this is the uh guy gosh what is his name he's like he did it good. He's British ish. <laughs> He's good. What the hell is his name? I was like, I will remember his good. name after this. And I guess that I won't. But you did a great job, buddy. <laughs> Everyone did a great job. <laughs> um, yeah, and the animated series tick is still, I love it. Yeah, so. me yeah. too, buddy. That was yeah. one of my first fucking super hit. Remember? It was like that right along with the X Men cartoon show. That's. Yep. Like a real big star of superheroes for us. And Ryan, you mentioned how they've been in uh, out of comics since the 30s. Were you talking about the like 1930s Fleischer Brothers Superman cartoons? I was just saying how. Well, now again, we're just recounting things right? that talked about what you were. <laughs> oh, um... you already talked about that. Oh, cool! Shout out to that because those were gorgeous. Those are great, yeah. And they're public domain. I too. love it. Let's sample all that. <laughs> Ryan. Oh, so we're, this is our third and final one, right? Big number three, yeah. yeah. This is tricky because I don't have an official one. I just have a big list of stuff. Can we do like a dump at the end? Like, there's yeah, yeah we're like, gonna do a dump. Ryan's holding dump back a dump, and it's a big dump, <laughs> yeah. load, and he needs well, to let go. I'm gonna yeah, inspect I, it and see what you ate last night. It's gonna be pretty <laughs> great. Because I'm gonna make corn. a pivot. <laughs> spe- speaking of a dump, one, Austin. So I'll do something real quick, and then I'll do my actual one. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Because it was going to be people on their phones, <laughs> just like how fucking sick of it I am. Like, I went traveling and, like, the amount of times you go to, like, a famous landmark. I literally think that if you came in cold, like, if you stepped out of a time machine from the 80s and you walked into a public space, you would be like, oh, my God, the government completely hypnotized everyone and took over everyone's minds. Like, I sincerely believe that is happening right now. Um, also, I have students in classes and this shit with people's phones. I get it. You guys are holding your phones. I get it. Um, uh, you guys, it's tw- just out of control, dude. Tw- just, 2019, did you say something, Ryan? 2019, the year Ryan became a curmudgeonly old man. I know. That's part of the problem. Kids like these days with their no, phones I mean, and their social medias. It's and- not just kids, though, but it's like... Fucking god damn. It's really nuts, dude. It's really... I'm play. with you. Like, it can be hard to have a conversation if somebody's pulling out their phone all the time. Well, I try to keep rude. it apart. It is. I mean, that's it no is. different and than, like, wanna, like, turning on the TV in the middle of a conversation or something. Well, and the other right. thing is that we all do it. Like, mm-hmm. I am part of the problem. Like, I can also acknowledge that. Like, I'm a dick on my phone sometimes. So, I don't know. Yeah. No, but, it's, uh... <laughs> Sometimes it's arguments about capitalism, whatever, you know, and all that. And be like, well, if it wasn't for capitalism, we wouldn't have, like, great inventions like the iPhone or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know how great the iPhone actually is. (laughs) Right, no, I think it's actually ruining. Well, and little kids, like, if you're, my nieces are 15 and their whole lives there's been iPhones and it's fucking wrecked them. Like, Mm -hmm. Uh it's really bad. It's like this young generation that has always had this stuff and it's not regulated either like parents of new kids now are starting to be like oh okay we got to keep tabs on this yeah. but there's a 
group of people who have just had unlimited iPhone access their entire lives, and it's fucked up their brains. And to play somewhat of the devil's advocate, because I don't disagree with you all that much, but I do also think there is some truth to the notion that there's always some new technology in every right. generation that the previous generation. a lot of TV. Yeah, everyone yeah. was saying the same thing. Kids these days, parents let them watch yep. too much TV. No oh, parents yeah, yeah. are telling you how much TV you could watch. And then a little while later, people caught on. They're like, oh, maybe we should make sure kids don't watch too much TV. Yeah, but I watched a shitload. So I don't know. But anyway, let's all just try to be a little And you turned out fine. You're on a podcast talking about I pop know, culture stuff. Fucked up. I know. This is, uh, this is what happens. <laughs> See? Then you just waste your fucking life. Yeah, so keep it in mind. I'm the bad result. Look at me. Um, so yeah, We have wasted our lives. Uh-oh, guys. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. I'll, I'll pivot. <laughs> so I went to Barcelona about a month ago, right before the holidays, Right, Grand European tour. I know, it's great. There's this thing in Barcelona, it's a Catalan tradition, where there's a nativity scene, you can buy like a nativity scene. Okay. And this is only in Barcelona. There's a little man that is always added to the nativity scene, and he's taking a shit. (gasps) What? I can't remember his name. It's something in Catalan that translates to like the shitter. Oh, wow. Um, but it started, It's and it's really hard to find out how did this start, or like, what is, is the he, deal with this? Can you put him right by baby Jesus to There's dump like right in the hay? for him, but you can put him right in the mud. It's your own Where is he in or out of the barn? Is a goat looking at him? Where's he going? I don't remember. You can Google it. But, I gotta um, see this guy. He sounds like the coolest. If you go- he's wearing like a little fez. If you Google oh. like Catalan shitter, I bet it comes up. <laughs> Um, because it, yeah, it's a Catalan Christmas tradition, and then there's another one where yeah, the Caganer is what it's called, C A G A N E R, and then it's turned wow. into this whole line of figures where there's like an Obama one and a Marilyn Monroe one. There's like all these people Whoa. shitting these little figurines. Whoa. Wow, um, you're opening up my mind, Ryan. I'm yeah. gonna change my whole Advent calendar based on these facts. And then the other Catalan tradition is there's this log, and you paint a face on it, and then the <laughs> kids beat him with sticks, and then he shits out presents. Wow! So all the Catalan Christmas traditions are about shitting. Well, I'm sorry if it's cultural appropriation. I am going to do this every year from here on out. And they don't know. He no knows why there's a shitter or what. Well, because he's got a poop, David. Why not? It was really hard to get an answer, and then we kind of <laughs> did a deep dive on the internet, and eventually we found out that it's like it's kind of about like fertilizing the earth. Hmm. <laughs> That's, That's why I idea. do it, too, yeah. But if you ask just, like, a person who's our age in Barcelona, they're like, I don't know, you just do it. It's just part of your Christmas tradition, you know? It's kind of like, why is there Santa? You're like, it's just Santa, you know? Yeah. Shitter's got a shit, wow. Well, I could tell I'm you why there's a Santa, though. I mean, there was a Saint Nicholas who went around and... Get out of my face. <laughs> um, anyway, I wanted that to, to share that with everyone. That was a really joyful uh, Christmas holiday experience. Cell phone slash shitter. Got it. Big time four. Yeah, the worst part of my trip was people on their cell phones. The best part was the shitter. <laughs> that is a great European vacation. Wow. Uh, Carolyn? Yeah, okay. My big <laughs> and last, also hyper modern, but so it's bait, is a TV show. 
I forget. I don't think it is HBO. It is a comedy because God knows I need my comedies. And it is kind of a spinoff of a movie that was pretty successful a couple of years ago. It is called What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, Anybody yeah. watch this? Mm-mm. No. I've heard it's not, great. Not the movie nor the TV show. They're both great. Okay. so um, I've seen the movie. Okay, yeah, the movie's great. It had the one boy from Flight of the Concords, Jermaine Clement, and also this other guy who did a movie that everybody's talking about that I will not because I haven't seen it, but I heard it's pretty good, Jojo the Rabbit. Yeah, Taika Waititi, he did. Yes. He's done a lot of stuff. He's like one of the big Disney guys now. Oh, yeah, he's all up in that, and he was big in What We Do in the Shadows. In yep. the movie, he was one of the guys, and he's one of the producers on the show. So the show is great. It's about vampires just hanging out and doing (laughs) shit in the modern times. And the best part for me is in the TV show. Someone said this and I forgot it, but then he's there. It's one of my all-time favorite actors slash musicians slash BBC stars. Been in a couple American things. Matt Berry. Oh, I love him to eensy teensy pieces. Have any of you watched IT Crowd or Snuffbox? Dark Place. No, it's okay. But uh, he's also done voice acting in American stuff. He has this really uh, preposterous musical voice. Like, if you like British voices, he does one that's, like, melodic and great. And he also has his new show, Toast of London, which is about being a pompous British actor. He's great. (laughs) And he seems to, like, get just a little chubbier every year. I love him. (laughs) So he talks, you know, like, acting, vampire, I'm going to turn into a bat. He does it better than that, but he's great in this. It's like a fantastic role. The one I just watched. So he's a vampire who got uh, hypnotized and seduced by a vampire. They've been married for thousands of years to live with another vampire. And he has a garden. (laughs) He has a garden of vulva sculptures. They're like big cement vulvas. And they're like fashioned out of all the prostitutes that he liked. And then he gets to his mother's vulva and it stinks and he smells it. And it's werewolf piss. A werewolf has been pissing in his vulva garden right into his mother. So they have to go fight werewolves. <laughs> and if that doesn't sound funny to you, you might not like this show. <laughs> or maybe I'm just selling it wrong. But it's it's oof. I watch some comedies sometimes that kind of thud along. And this does so many great things. Like it has an American actor who you'd recognize and he plays an emotional vampire. And then he goes against an energy vampire in an office. So they have that going on while there's actual, like, more traditional cloak and lace vampires mincing around. And it is so very fun and charming. I'm only three episodes into it. And I know I'm just going to love it every last drop. It is darling. (laughs) I'm only doing things I like this year, everybody. Nice. Oh, and another shout out to Big Matt Barry. I'm sure I'll do a show of his one day, a full episode, but he also is a musician. His musics are very good. He scores plenty of his own shows, and he did a whole album. I know we like to talk about how good theme songs to shows are. He did a whole album where he covers British theme songs. So if you want to hear his rendition of Are You Being Served? And, um, God, what is it? It's like, well, anyways. Some weird British theme songs. Go listen to it because they're very fun. Austin, have you ever seen What We Do in the Shadows? Uh, no, I have not seen What We Do in the Shadows. I have it on my DVR, and I think maybe my wife's watched some of it. Uh, yeah. You tell her what's up from me and Big Matt Berry. Will do. Uh, Austin? Yeah. What do you got going on? 
Oh, you know, stuff and junk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you want my third thing? Yes. Well, we're going to talk about a little something called Star Wars The Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, hey, no. there we I go. I didn't pick it because, well, I didn't pick it because I didn't want to, but I also figured you would do it. <laughs> nah. People like this Star Wars more than the other Star Absolutely. Wars. That's an easy one. Yeah, yes. pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I've seen the first episode, so I don't know. Yeah, I won't spoil anything, David. Um, <laughs> there. Yeah, no, I liked it. I thought it was good. It uh, it sagged a little bit in the middle and uh, mm-hmm. finished strong. I mean, it's only eight episodes, so it's like whatever. Um, they they <laughs> very they very clearly in terms of like s- season long arcs and whatnot is, mm-hmm. is is why I'm being dismissive of eight episodes. But it's basically like the first three episodes are almost like a. In, in olden days, I could have seen them be like a special night TV movie pilot kickoff that's like, you know, two hours long, hour and a half of content kind of thing that kicks off the series. And then they did like three sort of standalone-ish episodes, and then they finished up with two episodes that kind of returned to the main story and mm-hmm. um, and closed it off. And I thought that was a good mix of stuff. I liked having something a little bit more episodic alongside this sort of overarching story arc. And uh, the finale went out on a on a pretty high note, which is always nice to keep you excited for the next thing. And yeah. I heard it's kind of like a western or an old kung fu kind of. Right, Dave? You're blowing Austin's mind right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's the western has is in Star Wars DNA and has been since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is certainly the the Star Wars thing that leans into that element of its DNA the most. Uh, into that element of its metachlorians? Perhaps. Perhaps, yes. <laughs> uh, Do they have metachlorians anymore, you guys? I mean, it's, technically. They're in everything. Yeah, they're all around us. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched it. You would <laughs> um, I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I had trouble staying interested, kind of. I have a lot more trouble with tv shows than move like i'll go see a star wars movie but same with marvel like i don't know if i'll watch any of these marvel shows there's just something about it being a show on tv as opposed to a movie i don't know what it is exactly well uh, movies are like an hour and a half commitment. to yeah. five hours these days and tv is like you know it austin said eight was short and it is unless you're a britcom eight is not too many episodes yeah. but then like oh, a regular american season will be like you know, 20 hours, 20 hours mm-hmm. of a 30 rock. So it's so much more. You have to stay there. But mm-hmm. then they're like shorter intervals, too. So. Well, I like that it's a thing. I thought it is good for what it is. But I just kind of am like, uh, I think me and Star Wars are going our separate ways a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah, so I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll probably legit. keep watching it. Like but I, I just, I'm sort of over it with Star Wars. Like I said, I've only seen one episode, but I did note. That I think this is the first time in Star Wars history that we've seen a toilet. <gasps> What's oh, the I toilet that. Like? I watched it with my friend, the first episode, <laughs> and I was like, that's the first toilet in Star Wars. <laughs> wow. Tell me all about it. <laughs> it looked pretty rough. I don't know if I'd it want did, to use yeah. that toilet. Yeah, it did look pretty rough, right? No, no one actually, we don't actually see anyone use it, Carolyn. It's just, we just there. Uh, but someone's yeah. talking about pretending to have to go to the bathroom, basically. Yeah. And... That's a cop out. Does baby Yoda go poo poo? Uh, you just, he does. So. Well, I mean, you assume so, but we don't, we don't see it on the show. He eats. <laughs> yeah. 
People love that baby Yoda. Yeah. I see that crammed up the wazoo. I don't know how I feel about the baby Yoda thing. I think it's a little bit pandering. Oh, it definitely is. But at least, like, this one's connected with people. It's, like, fucking tragic in a way to see something as once revered as Star Wars and so simple and good just be, like, a travesty that no one likes (laughs) anymore. Just, like, not be able to do a movie now. They'll do more movies, though. They will, but they will be bad movies. movies. That's a problem. Yeah. I think that in the next 20 years, we'll get about 15 Star Wars movies. And I bet a couple of them will be really good. And a couple of them will be crazy bad. Yeah. And a lot will be in the middle. Mm -hmm. That's my assumption. Yeah, Yeah, I'd assume so. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. But I think of like a new era of multi-platform Star Wars media. I think The Mandalorian is a pretty good start. Yeah. And, and 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 Brian, I would I would say that your your uh, your ratio of of Star Wars movies is pretty consistent with the ratio of Star Wars novels that we got oh. from like <laughs> from like ninety one to the Disney era. Um, hmm. So for me, that's just more of the same. Except now I'm gonna get some live action stories in a movie instead of just stuff I have to imagine in my head. They think, jettison like almost all that canon oh, yeah, right from yeah, the books. Yeah, so oh, I, dribs and drabs have been have been resurrected and brought into the new canon, but they're they're all officially out. I think too, like the most recent Star Wars being such a piece of shit <laughs> is like if that was the only Star Wars thing, and that was going to be a while before there's any more. I think people would be really mad. But you're like, well, that sucked. But there's a pretty good series on right now. Just, you know, it's well, yeah, that's like... and and that's kind of always been. I mean, that's the attitude that got me through the prequels was that yeah. that was never just the only Star Wars for me. Because oh, I see. Because there was always for... another book or another comic book series, right. and maybe it would be better. And sometimes it was, and sometimes it wasn't. But I, I guess for me, like when Episode One came out, there hadn't been a Star Wars movie in 15 years. And it was like, that's what we got? Fuck! You know, it was like really ba- upsetting. Yeah, and for me, it was like, well, that was better than the time Luke fought that crystal monster in that one book. Mm. <laughs> was it? a crystal monster, eh? Oh, shit, they had a Steven Universe crossover? That's dope. <laughs> uh, all right, should I go? You should go. Right. You should go. You should get out of here. Yeah, go <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> that's, that's how you feel. I'm glad it's You should out. go fuck yourself. <laughs> 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 All right, good episode, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of the reasons I don't watch a lot of movies, or as many as I would like, <laughs> it's I don't know. It just seemed to be consistent, right? <laughs> It sounds like you did see a lot of movies. I know, I know. <laughs> this one isn't a movie. It's because I play a lot of okay. video games. Oh. Okay. Uh, but technically, I think this one came out in 2018, but then I... Oh. Yeah, I know. And then I decided to start playing it in 2019. Uh, yeah, see, it counts. Yeah. It's the new God of War. Uh, oh, I started playing that. And... I was conflicted on even starting it, but I heard a lot of good things about it, so I did. And the reason I was conflicted is kind of like Joker, where I did play the first God of War video games and enjoyed them, but boy, are they problematic. And even at the time, did I recognize how problematic they were, because Kratos was basically, like, male toxicity incarnate, right? Like, (laughs) it's, it's, there's some really, yeah, troubling stuff, uh... But man, what a revelation this game is. Like, 
the, what they've done with him to make to not just completely like make him a different character, but to like update him so he's like you can tolerate him, I guess. And like the things they've done that you would never expect from the original games is amazing. And the game's just fun on its own too. But then the story of him and then him having a child and all the stuff that does. I mean, it's been. I'm surprised at what they've been able to do with it, and it's been really fun and really. I've not actually finished it in full disclosure, but everything I've been doing has been really fun. I've just been enjoying the story and the game itself. I don't know how far you got, Ryan. I'm not sure, but I feel like I don't have a lot of time to play video games. Yeah, I know. I really, I really like short games, and it was kind of long. It is it a long very, game. It, it is very true. serious. And then I was like, I want to play a non-violent game. So yeah, um, it, it, it's still violent. Like it, it still has its. Uh, dna from the original so there's still stuff like that that goes on it's just not as like society societally problematic as it was yeah i don't know because i never played any of the other games okay so i was just like had no real frame of reference but it seemed cool i don't know i played probably half of it and i'm gonna go play some other stuff Mm. and i might finish it or i might not yeah that's my hot take quite the hot take but anyways i'd recommend yeah i thought it was fun it's fun, I guess I should say. All right. All right. Quick hits? Um, I like this one show called Sex Sent Me to the ER. All right. <laughs> These people are so <laughs> bad at fucking that <laughs> they go to the hospital. Yeah, it's what? a great show. It's amazing, Ryan. You'll how shit. We, how do you watch it? Okay, here's another With free your plug. Eyes. It's this thing called Pluto TV, and it's yes. a free app. I was, and it's on my got list. a channel. Yay, great. And have you, are you going to talk about the American Gladiators channel? Because I definitely want to mention that for all of us. No, but I just got the Pluto app and I've been watching this surreal life. It's on dope. It, oh, I like that the too. The best. Shout out Dave Couillet. Uh, just real quick about sex sent me to the ER. These people fuck so bad. They're like, and then our parents were home. So we fucked in a janitor's closet and I got a terrible infection. <laughs> or worse things happen. Like somebody had a stroke while fucking. That wasn't really his fault. But then... It was his fault that he, like, played another show and drank five beers and then J.O.'d in the hospital to make sure it all still worked. Wow. Like, I just have normal com sex, everybody. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to watch this. My recommendation. I got it because blind. it's the only way to watch episodes of yes! Blind Yes! <laughs> oh, I love Blind Day, Ryan. That's the other thing I do. There's, like, 50 of them on it's YouTube. Amazing, yep, I know. I've watched them all. I watched Did you see the one with Anna Nicole Smith? What? On Blind Date? Oh, you fucking shit. It was crazy. I was so glad one of my friends was there with me, because that's one of the ones I do by myself when I'm eating lunch. And yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure they do this, like, drugged out sequence in Las Vegas, and she shows up, and they just, like, touch her for a minute and then leave. Oh, she's not on the date. But she's no, but she shows up. Oh. She definitely shows up. And I'm like, am I seeing this with my eyes? And my friend was there, like, yes, you fucking are. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, check out Sex Send Me to the ER and also Blind Date. Those are some quick hits for me. And The Surreal Life, which is like yeah. which is like um, the real world, but it's all washed up celebrities. Right. So the first well, season's like MC Hammer and Corey Feldman and Webster all live in a I, house together. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've been I binge watched those back in the day. It was oh, Dave I lost Kuyay. a weekend of the surreal life basically. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So those are on the Pluto app also. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it's free, and it's got streaming television and TV shows. It does have commercials, so now I know what commercials are again. It had been years. And you can skip the commercials. Like, you can just what? click forward, because it's, it's not, like, a separate thing. It's just all one stream, so you can actually just click ahead two minutes or whatever. How do you click the commercials? They don't you let just, me do that. You just totally maximized Carol's time. Mm, I, I think Ryan's lying. Well, I but... watched mine on my laptop. So it might be okay. different if it's on I mean, I do an iPad, and it doesn't let me skip. I don't know. It lets me. So That's amazing slash fuck you. No, I'm happy <laughs> for you. Well, just log in on your desktop, and you can do it. Wild. Huh. Yeah. But it's, like, hard, because a lot of times you skip ahead too much, and then you end up going back, and then you watch part of the sure. channel. So. And it's, like, the same commercial over and over again, which I hate so much. Yeah, so, like, they advertise low testosterone and colostomy bags and, like, getting out of timeshares. It's a hard. So, it's hard. Those three things I need a testosterone colostomy for my timeshare. That's what I need. <laughs> I'm just looking for sex sent me to the ER. Now. It's great. It's on, like, the health channel or whatever. That's the other thing is, like, the, the interface is really terrible. Like, yeah, you no. Nah. for anything. You just have to, like, never fuck find around anything. until you find... Um, and the, the American Gladiators channel. There's a whole channel all the time of all American Gladiators. And if nothing else is good, that's always good, guys. Yeah. Fair enough. Other um, quick hits? So these are a bunch of shows I liked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Barry is definitely one. It's good. Uh, the Good Place is yeah. going to end soon. That highly recommended. I just picked yeah. up on it. I'm getting there. Making my way through the third season right now. Yeah, I'm on two. Shrill. They did one season. The second season is coming out at the end of the month. That was great with A.D. Bryant from SNL. Shot in Portland. Uh, Holla. Glow. Really good. I should do that. Uh, Mrs. Maisel. Huh. It's an Amazon show. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That is really outstanding, that show. Um, And then... uh, Oh... That movie Parasite was really fantastic. Ooh, that's got you guys know that? yeah from the Korean Jung is it Jung Ho Park? Yep, and yeah. it's like all about the class separation in South Korea. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got some pretty legit Oscar buzz around it right now. It's probably gonna get like best foreign. Yeah, no, I mean like it has some jud- it has some buzz for like him getting a director nod even. Yeah, yeah, it was outstanding. It was it was one of those movies where kind of a genre director like a satirist does a more. I don't know, because it was in line with its other stuff, but there's no, like, supernatural element. Yeah. So it kind of... So that was good. And then one of my favorite things that happened all year is I took my friend's kid, who's four, to her first movie. Wow. We saw Frozen 2. Ooh. Which I give a very lukewarm review. That was a weird movie. (laughs) But the, the best part was that there's a part where they're, like, the two sisters, and they're, like... We'll always be together. You know, there's like, oh, we love each other. We'll always be together. And then she looks at me and she's like, until they're dead. <laughs> and it blew my mind. And she was like kind of smiling, you know, like, and it was like she knew something they didn't know the way she said it. Like, they don't know that they're going to die someday. I know. I and love when kids are creepy. That's yeah. great. Well, that's, it was and, really awesome. And, and it's exactly the way you said it, Ryan, which it's it's totally about them 
trying to assert their power, the kid yeah, trying to assert their power yeah. of like those characters don't know they're going to die someday, but I'm old enough to know what death is now. And I know they're going to die someday. <laughs> that makes right, me you're better four, than that. You exactly. Yeah. Right. You, you don't understand that other people also right. learned a long time ago. What you you're, you're just high on your newfound knowledge about our own mortality, right. which wears off like in your mid twenties. Really? Yeah, really. Like, yeah. Cause all the way through your teens, totally yeah, like all the way through yeah. your teens, you're like, I know everything and no one else knows anything. Right. Everything I just learned. Nobody else has ever known. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know Star Wars is a Western? <laughs> <laughs> are you making fun of me? No. No. Not you. <laughs> it's okay if you are. It's my turn. No. Someone else entirely. It's almost like the superhero is the super villain. <laughs> oh. Austin, David, what are yeah, your quick Austin. hits? Uh, Not the, that I got much. But. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see here. We got well. I saw. Yeah, I saw Knives Out. Loved that too. Real good. Um, I watched the uh, well, the first and only season so far. Uh, the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. <laughs> um, oh. It was fine. Kind of sagged in the middle. Uh, got a little rep- same review as The Mandalorian. No, I shouldn't say say. It got repetitive <laughs> in the middle. Um, they did kind of a cool episode with some time travel stuff where they wiped out. Like they did an episode and then someone went back in time and it completely wiped it out and then the next episode was the same episode again, but slightly different. And that was fun. Um, I read the original limited series when it first came out and haven't revisited it. So I sort of half remembered things that happened. And now I'm in that weird state where I'm like, did they change that? Or do I just not remember that that's what happened? Um, but you know, they'll put out a second season and someday when I'm flying back and forth to Sweden again, I'll watch it on the airplane. Like I did the first season. Um, uh, Veep ended this year. Oh, uh, I, oh that's wow. one of those shows that I've always wanted to watch, but there's so much of it. Yeah, that's long running, isn't it? Yeah, six or seven seasons. Though it's H- okay. it's HBO, so they're like eight to ten episode seasons. They're more like the Brit comedy uh, approach. Okay. But yeah, yeah, that was that was the show, the long running HBO show that ended uh, right before Game of Thrones last season started, and and of course ended vastly better than. <laughs> Don't you mean Game of? Do <laughs> you guys remember when Game of Thrones came out three and a half years ago? Is that really it? Oh my god. No, it was like it ended in May or June or something, but it feels like it was like yeah. three and a half years ago, doesn't it? Yeah, I would have talked about it, but we did have an entire podcast. Right. Had a whole one. right. But I don't think anything's it's ever it? been such a huge cultural <laughs> institution that just completely went away so mm-hmm. abrupt. So nothing's ever gone so out of style so fast. Yeah. It's like the bell bottoms of TV. Um, <laughs> couple of why well, I'm always reading books because I'm a nerd like that. But a uh, couple of old books that I read this year. Um, I've been slowly making my way through the original James Bond books. Oh, um, oh, how do you like them? Uh, you know, once you get past the casual racism and misogyny, they're kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Which is just you. I mean, you just kind of have to roll with that, I guess. Um, sure. I tend to read them. I, I tend to bring them with me on. Uh, on trips because they're they're fairly thin and can slide easily in and out of a bag or whatever, along with my Kindle for other stuff. But uh, I read From Russia with Love, which is the second movie but the fourth book that Fleming wrote, and it was not good. Like the <laughs> like the f- fully the first hundred pages of this like two hundred page story is all told from the Russians' perspective about this plan that they're going to ensnare James Bond in. And I'm like, 
when the fuck is James Bond going to show up in this James Bond book that I'm reading? Why do I care about these random ass Russian dudes? And the I'm I'm sure Ian Fleming was really proud of the knowledge he learned about how the KGB operates, but I don't care. Uh, and then I also read Carrie for the first time. Oh, oh I've read that. It's great. It was. It was. Uh, I was surprised, impressed, and appreciative of how brisk it was. It's not. Yeah, really. Stephen King didn't diarrhea on the page really for did, an extra yeah, thousand. Yeah, he really did not. Like it just it dived. Like I was expecting a lot more dicking around before we got to the story of Carrie that you kind of know because I've seen the movie and whatnot. Um, sure, the movie's but great yeah, they too. just like dove right into it and and uh, it, it was there and then it was over with and it was it got in, got out, and got its job done pretty well. So that reminds me, Carol, I still have your copy of The Stand. <laughs> Oh, great. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, that's really felt through it. Next time we can swap it. Or if I never get it again, that's fine, too. (laughs) Well, it's like I read enough of it that I don't want to give up, but too much to start over. But I tried and I was like, I don't know what's happening anymore. And it's like 900 more pages. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's an especially long one. It's only fun if you just dive in. Um, I forgot we could do books. I read a book this year called, I know, no, I read several. Shout out to the library apps that let you download books. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I can't return books physically, apparently, to save my (laughs) life. But I can fucking read it on my phone. Not since the incident. I know. (laughs) So so I read several books. One that I thought was particularly fun, similar to Austin. It's a horror movie. It's called a book and movie. It's both. It's called Burnt Offerings. Oh, yeah. And it's about this lady. You've heard I of have. it? This lady who likes antiques and fancy shit, and she lives in a shithole. And then she goes to stay at a house that's very fancy, but maybe the house takes her over. Hmm. And it's a movie and a book. And uh, the book was great, and the movie was pretty good. So if you want a 70s slow burning horror movie, go ahead and check that shit out. Hmm. I, re- I read a book. What book? It was called There There by Tommy Orange. It was like oh, I've not of, heard of that. I think it was like a hot book of 2018, but it's yeah. about like contemporary Native American culture in Oakland. Oh. And it was really outstanding. It's one of those books where each chapter focuses on a different character, and then they start to kind of like it's really scattered, and then it starts to be a cohesive narrative as it gets further in. Very cool. It was really outstanding, though. I actually shout out actually, Oakland. Shout yeah. out Oakland. That's another thing. Is I'm from Oakland, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin, did you have more? Uh, the only other last thing I had was uh, I don't I don't really get to play video games much. Not that I was ever a huge video game guy, but I have been enjoying the Mario Kart game on my iPhone of late. Oh, I cool. like that. That's on the iPhone. Yeah, it's now. one of those fun. Uh, like I can just pull it out when you know uh, you've got five minutes to kill here or there, or when you're dropping a deuce or whatnot, and have a little have a little fun game time, and then go back to the real world. Do you get a little turbo boost on your cart when you drop your deuce? Yeah, a little bit like, whoa, there we go. I I can tell you already that my best moment of 2020 will be when (laughs) Austin talked about playing Mario Kart while he was shitting. (laughs) (laughs) It's up there. It's a strong contender. (laughs) I like some games, but I like kind of 2D, you know, retro, so... Mm. I haven't done anything yet. I did just get on Steam that new alligator one. I'm kind of excited. But I can't say about it yet. That's all. <laughs> uh, me, 
Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what about yeah, do, do you? Do we care? Should we just move on? I don't know. Uh, there's well, something. Uh, the new season <laughs> of Rick and Morty came out. I hear oh, the yeah, fan base really sucks for that, but I don't know. I'm not on message boards or anything, so it's not like I experience it. The but, fan base? Yeah. A little bit, yes. yeah. The new season doesn't seem as good to me. I don't know. Really? It, to me, it's still one of the few shows that makes me consistently laugh out loud every time I watch an episode. Yeah, because I watched Rick and Morty like in the last year or so, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is really good. But I have noticed that I don't like to say that I like it because the fan base is so notoriously shit. Yeah, exactly. That That's kind of where I am. I'm like... I'm not, I don't experience it, but it doesn't mean it's not there. But then I'm like, does it make me bad if I like it? But it's right. But somebody did this. They like said it. And I think it's a meme where the problem with these shows where there's all these like really, really smart assholes yeah. is that everyone thinks they're smart, but they're just assholes. <laughs> it's and true. That's it's the true. fan base, right? <laughs> very, well, that's the problem. Very true. Uh, the first half of the final season of BoJack Horseman came out this year, and it's very good still, and it's getting interesting, because his... It made me realize, you wonder how much of this was all pre-planned, because a lot of the stuff that happened in the past is starting to come back to haunt him, and that's kind of interesting. That's great! Mm. I could catch back up with that. It's always mm. quite good. Uh, I'm still watching Love After Lockup and feel bad after every episode oh. I watch. <laughs> Man, that was my highlight of the year is watching Love After Lockup with you and Lauren. Lauren. Yeah. Is it, it's a reality show, right? Yes. About people who date inmates who are getting out of prison right. and uh, they're going to marry that and they're going to marry somebody who they had a prison relationship with and you know that sounds really good and cringy <laughs> really yes good. I'll, i'm gonna see if it's on the pluto app <laughs> yeah hell yeah i did see rise of skywalker and <laughs> we kind of already talked about it the only thing i'd say is uh the previous two movies prepared me for this so i didn't think it, it didn't really like appall me with like what it was huh. it was pretty i was pretty prepared for everything that happened and thus enjoyed it fine enough for what it was the other thing i want to say about rise of skywalker mm-hmm. is that episode one is like a big incoherent mess yeah and it's almost like by design like we're gonna start and end this nine movie series with just a fucking mess of a movie <laughs> it's mirroring and i guess i will say the one thing that has become very clear is that they wrote The Force Awakens without any idea of where they're going to take the trilogy. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. The it's like they went out of their way to make that point. Well, there's no yeah. they here. J.J. fucking Abrams did it. Right. Well, <laughs> well yeah, but I mean, it. Disney didn't, like, say, J.J. Abrams, you're in charge of all well, three. They just gave right, them I'm, the movie. And I'm then... just saying, if we're saying they wrote it, J.J. Abrams but wrote it that way. No producer was like, hey, write an outline for a trilogy. Right. Yeah. Right. What we're doing. Yeah, right. Exactly. So... Yeah, nobody did that. And it's like, not they like went out of their way to make that clear, which is really, I'm really bothered by. Yeah. It's almost like corporations have no integrity and they're the antithesis of art. I just want to shout out one other quick hit. <laughs> Dolomite is my name. Oh, oh yeah. I heard good things about that. Oh, it's such a delight. Eddie Murphy could be a star anytime he wants. And here he is doing it again. And the other great thing is it's an anti-corporate movie and that... The real motherfucker, Dolomite, was just a motherfucker who made a movie and then a bunch of movies. And they were supposed to be kind of bad or whatever, but he got butts in seats and he got millions of dollars because it was a hit for his community. And the movie Dolomite is my name. Fantastic. Fantastic to see Wesley Snipes doing it as well. Hard <laughs> yeah, recommend. Totally. 
Yeah, good Feel cast good. on that movie. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Uh, I did talk about Minnesota sports last year, so I'll just say this year <laughs> slightly better. Still not great. I assume this podcast is going to come after a uh, loss by the Vikings in the postseason. Hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it will. And uh, <laughs> That's the spirit. I was at the uh, Twins playoff game, the only one I could go to because it's the only one here, because they got swept out of the postseason to extend their record-long postseason losing streak. <laughs> but don't feel bad for me being at that game. Feel bad for everyone who was around me during that game. Did you piss on them? <laughs> I did not, but I was not happy and not sober, and those two David, things did not. I always ruin. feel bad for everyone that's around. Yeah, you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> including myself. Wow, Ryan, <laughs> it hurts. Oh, it hurts. Uh, speaking of twins, just a real quick shout out to the movie starring a pair of twin muscle hunks <laughs> called Double Trouble from 1993. Oh my God, I know. Have what you you're seen talking it? About. Have you yeah. fucking seen it? It was really good. We downloaded a bunch of buddy cop comedies, uh, including one starring Ski Ulrich and Cuba Gooding Jr., among many others. And this I knew was going to be the best, and it was Double Trouble. And it was directed by Jombie from Oh, Kiwi's, really? Yeah. Wait, that's the one with the brothers or wrestlers. Two big the hunky twins. twins. And then they have the two kids who are twins, right? No, no kids. Oh, one is a uh, cat movies. burglar in the night and the other oh. one is a cop who wears a midi t-shirt. I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> it was something time. else. Okay. It's okay. I'll just pretend it was for mine. <laughs> when I worked at a video store in the year 2000, my brother could rent all the movies he wanted for free. So he went through every single black guy, white guy, buddy cop. Yes. And there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll keep you busy for a while. There's some Hard recommend. cuts, too, in there. Fascinating. Shout out to the Hunk Twins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and finally, I'm sure everyone's waiting on your pro wrestling update of the year. Uh, mm. WWE is slightly better, but still not great. AEW came out this year, and I had high hopes. It wasn't as good as I wanted, and I, but it's still not bad. But I think it's trying to be a better WWE show instead of just a good wrestling show. And those are two different Who's things. Who's the biggest hunk? Uh, in wrestling in general? Yes. Um, man, I think probably. I'm trying to think of who. It depends on your style. I know my wife is partial my to. My wife. Uh, my wife. <laughs> we all get to say that like, now, you guys. You know, wait, can, I don't want to interrupt. I'm sorry, but I, I have students, and there is a woman who is married to a woman, and she would always say, my wife. And every time she said it, I would think, my wife. And then I would, like, <laughs> stop myself because I'm like, no. <laughs> She's going to think I hate gay people. And then I would be like trying not to laugh. And that's, that's even worse. <laughs> Damn you, Borat. Ricochet is who she's mm. partial to. Although I think a lot of people like Roman Reigns. A lot of ladies think he's attractive anyway. So although he has a man bun, and I don't know if he can get on board with a man bun, right? I can definitely get on board with that. <laughs> no problem. Good to know. Carol, the movie I thought you meant was Twin, yeah. twin Sitters. Oh, now I'm going to have to look this up. It's really, you would really appreciate this movie. Also, R. Kelly is currently in federal custody. Mm. Woo! So he yeah. stands trial on April 13th, which I will watch the live feed of. <laughs> if they're selling tickets, I'm buying one. Popcorn. All right. 
So, do we have any big announcements to make for the year 2020? No. I sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys. I It feels weird. <laughs> I'm not making um, it easier. What feels yeah. weird, Brian? David. <laughs> Carol. Yeah. Austin. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving you. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I know you're I know you're surprised. (laughs) I'm sorry to uh, bring this on you. Is it because of David? It is. (laughs) It's because of David. The end. (laughs) In conclusion. Uh, No. uh, I just don't feel like I can do a regular podcast anymore. That's legit. Uh, we're all laughing, but this is true, and it's a little sad, so it's okay to be sad. Um, but I think the good news is the rest of us are kind of sticking around for now. And Ryan, thank you for your years of service. Yes. We've had a lot of fun. We're going to miss you. I don't think this is really the end. I think we'll rope you back in semi-occasionally, but prove me wrong. I'm, I think that's probably true. I mean, I, I don't think I could do a taxi episode and not have Ryan show up. So. Oh, my God. Oh. Ryan loves taxi. No, I meant that, like, physically. Like, I feel like it, it, it's like a... <laughs> Like a witch's curse, whatever you were doing, you would suddenly be in the podcast broadcast while we're while we're talking about taxi. Sure, I would, I would I'm, summon that yeah. and family. I'm gonna do matters, a bunch right? of family or matters. Family matters. Yeah. 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 Oh, family matters. Yeah, you motherfuckers better not be watching Family Matters. So now that Ryan's out, we're pleased to announce that uh, next month we'll be getting Family Matters reviewed season one episode. Yeah, one. exactly. What have happened to? Just kidding. Just kidding. Team. We're not doing that, you guys. Mm-hmm. Ain't that a bee? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it's funny because for me, this all started. I wrote Full House Reviewed. I don't even know how long ago that was. That was hundred like, years. I'm pretty sure a hundred years is is right. That seems about. I right. think it was like twelve years ago or something. I started writing that eleven years ago. Obama was president, um, mm. and then I wrote all that, and then I invited you guys to do Say by the Bell Reviewed, and that was fun. I don't know how we did that shit every week. I don't understand that at all. It was crazy. It was great. And then we've been doing this for a couple of years, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and this has been a cool format. But yeah, I just keep feeling like I have too many things. And I just don't feel like I'm able to commit to it in a way that I feel satisfied with. I also feel like we've been doing this forever. That's true. We've been doing like a years on streak at this point. I haven't counted, but it's... Probably up well, I mean, if you th- this will be our ninety first episode of Ooh. of ABSE. So if you really, yeah, you almost got to one hundred, right? So and it's never been weekly. No, ABSE so has that, not. No, is that like four years? Um, well, per yeah. the cracked research team slash my ability to look at our website, yeah, um, our f- pretty hard. Our first episode uh, came out on October thirtieth of twenty sixteen. Wow! So, so it's on year four. Oh my yeah, God, we are on year crazy. four. Yeah, just, that doesn't four years in like ten months. So yeah, yeah. if you take oh these God. ninety-one episodes and you add those to the hundred and thirty-three Saved by the Bell reviewed episodes that we did, that's a cool two hundred and twenty-four episodes of podcasting. 
God damn it. <laughs> and per the um, Cracked Research team, Full House Reviewed launched uh, with the first review of the first episode, March 13th of 2010. No, oh wow. my god, that's, that's 10, ten years commitment yeah. that you've been doing a television side game. That's amazing. It's crazy. But yeah, this year I'm getting married. <gasps> um, Our last single host. I know. Congratulations. <laughs> the last band Sorry. standing. I know. Listeners, so, we'll, goodbye. We'll be real. This is kind of a Yoko Ono situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, do not say that about your wife. No, I'm just kidding. But and probably there's gonna be a baby before too long, and um, um, and I'm like making a, a comics biography of Muhammad Ali all the that's time, great. and it's just hard to. I don't have a real job still. I'm trying to keep it that way, so it's just really hard to rationalize also doing a podcast. Right, uh, I feel you, dog. It's been really fun all these years. It's been a long running yeah. commitment. I'm proud of all yeah. the work we've done, and I'm proud of. You, Ryan, for starting this with your Billy Superstar full house shit. Superstar, yeah. <laughs> you always are Billy Superstar. Well, and uh, yeah, uh, I've also stepped back a little bit. The listeners might realize that I do less episodes per year than everybody else until maybe now. I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah we'll that's yeah, that's uh, you know. <laughs> We we That's all not be- Ryan's problem anymore. Yeah, exactly. No. We may we Ryan may all be adopting the the Carolyn schedule here soon, just mm. to to keep the remaining hosts' uh, interest level and enthusiasm uh, where it's at. Uh, so right, we want to keep the very special episodes very special. So. I will say, we'll if see. someone wants to donate like a million dollars, I could do this weekly. Then you know. Oh yeah, yeah totally. for a million dollars. <laughs> no, no, no. You've already said your goodbyes. Announced. Yeah, exactly. That million's oh, all ours right. now. Right? Got a million Our dollars sweet next week. million. <laughs> That's like a million more dollars than we've ever made. It's <laughs> in a million percent increase. Yeah, round, yeah. So yeah, show is not going anywhere, but you may be seeing it less frequently. Uh, moving forward, and will when we when we launch the Tory years of a very special episode in our next episode, I think we'll make it clear what that schedule is going to be like, and mm-hmm. just so people know what to expect. I want to thank all our listeners too. Yeah. Like, um, I don't. I was going to name some, but I feel like it would leave people out, you know. So it's tricky. Like, um, but it's cool. It's been really cool having like direct contact with. A number of people for years, you know, and I feel like we've, in a way, gotten to know them in yeah. some ways. I don't know what kind of messages you guys get from our listeners, but um, I've learned some things. <laughs> Ryan uh, Ryan gets <laughs> Urkel dolls from our listeners. I got an That's amazing. From... Yeah, so the reason we actually did the Family Matters was a bit of a send-off for Ryan. We didn't do it out of the goodness of our hearts, mm. or at least I didn't. <laughs> that was my dying wish. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful wish, and you got a motherfucking doll out of it, which I hope haunts you with the curse of Urkel. And to your next generation. It's definitely on the um, mantle. <laughs> Has it watched you during personal moments? Um, well, I'll just say that the hole is getting bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so it can't see while you do that. So That's I'm a just, blessing. I'll just say I might need another Urkel doll next year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I wish I could just like call you guys up and talk about pop culture shit sometimes but maybe we'll just do i'll just be a guest sometimes yeah i would love to have you on as a guest frequently 
great because I really like talking about old shows. <laughs> enjoy it i also part of me is also afraid of uh like i do you guys think i feel like i've talked about this a lot do you guys think about like if you ever did anything important like the amount of things we've said on this show that could ruin our lives i have no plans to do anything important oh okay that helps yeah I feel like everything I've done on the show will support my further careers (laughs) or, uh, you know, the people who are to be driven away are gone. I feel like at this point, worrying about it is just not worth like it is what it is at this point. We've said some terrible things, but I mean, you've edited me when I'm at my worst. So that's true. And for this last episode, I will include all the things that Carol said that have edited out over the years. That would be amazing. That would be great. Uh, All right. Well, dang. Yeah. Well, for the last time, Ryan, where can people find you? Oh, well, uh, you can find they, Not on this show. Website. No. He's fucking gone. He's show. gone. He's gone to space. He's gone forever. Ryan AT, out. <laughs> um, I have a website. It's Oh Yes Very Nice, where you can see my drawings. And it's also my Twitter and Instagram handle. There's a little bit of preview stuff for the Muhammad Ali book trickling oh, in. Oh, excited. I'm cool. glad that's coming through. None of you guys are on Instagram, huh? No. No, nah. because huh. nah, I'm a crusty grandpa. You are. You could be, that could be your Instagram <laughs> name. I feel like, let me check. I feel like putting the name Krusty in your handle is asking for trouble. I'm going to check if it's taken. I bet it is. Krusty Grandpa. This is riveting audio. <laughs> uh, He's I, going I, out on top. Talk like this, <laughs> look for it. Carolyn, can people find you online? Yeah. They There's super a- can. They can find me here and there and everywhere, still for a while, uh, doing my four hosted seasons a year. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook and internet, Carolyn Main, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. You can buy my card deck, Pitch Please, at pitchplease.fun. It is very F-U-N. And you can listen to a podcast of that on crownofallstudios.com. And uh, like Ryan, I have another secret long-form thing I'll tease just by telling you that it exists. And I just did my uh, final big draft. So, woohoo. Ooh. Look for some announcements in the future. Wink. <laughs> uh, Austin? You can find me uh, on Twitter, because that's not crusty grandpa enough, I guess, uh, at <laughs> Austin Gorton. And uh, you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. Sorry to interrupt, but. So there's Krusty Grandpa on Instagram. <laughs> oh, good. And it's Krusty Grandpa illustrations, but there's no posts. Ooh. And then there's Krusty underscore Grandpa, which has two posts. <laughs> and Just then there's on the Krusty Grandpa, <laughs> which also has zero I posts. So. It seems like people have really gotten into this idea <laughs> and then not followed through. Yeah, because they're all Krusty Grandpa. Yeah. They're all Krusty Grandpas. They're like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this. <laughs> I think so, uh, several people have thought it was a great idea and then crapped out immediately. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> oh, my spouse brought in my pug dog and did a dance. You know. So was that everyone's highlight of the podcast? The time Aaron walked in naked. Yes, <laughs> probably. Probably. I love that so much. It'd be terrible it. if any of us did it, but he's free to do these things. <laughs> I missed it. That's the best part. It was just me and Austin, like being ruined, and you two, like being confused. <laughs> I didn't know what you guys were laughing about for a long time. 
Yeah, I missed it. I think. Yeah. Once in a lifetime opportunity, guys. Exactly. Sorry. Uh, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Doctor Bits, and uh, maybe at therealgentlemanofleisure dot com sometime. Uh, <laughs> we are a very special episode podcast. Be sure to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. Follow the show on Twitter at uh, at Pod. Check out our Facebook page, or you can say goodbye to Ryan and talk about your favorite yeah, Ryan moments. It'll make you feel important. Yeah. Kiss his ass goodbye. Kiss my ass. <laughs> and email us at uh, avsepodcast at gmail.com. And you can talk, uh, send nudes to Ryan, I think. That's what he wants. <laughs> Please send nudes. <laughs> so for a very episode... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going on two and a half hours. I can't the perfect end to the perfect no, no. life. <laughs> a very episode. Oh. <laughs> so for a very special episode podcast, this is David giving Ryan the la- his last chance at a send off. What do you got, Ryan? Oh man! <laughs> Yay! Uh, <laughs> I didn't come prepared. <laughs> That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh, how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode Just don't
Make my 